darling, with the young ones And the young ones shouldn't be afraid While the flame is strong Cause we may not be the young ones Very long Tomorrow While we until tomorrow Hey gang, this is Chris. Welcome to episode 12 of the Young Animal Gathering. This week, uh, fair warning, we are very very negative uh, because we are talking about the entirety of the Milk Wars event. Uh, We've got over two hours of discussion on the event, which is more than you might find anywhere else, and uh, that might be for the best. Uh, We've got Justice League of America Doom Patrol number one. That originally aired on February 4th, 2018. Mother Panic Batman number one, which originally aired on February 11th, 2018. Shade the Changing Girl, Wonder Woman number one. That originally aired on February 18th, 2018. Cave Carson as a Cybernetic Guy, Swamp Thing number one, which originally aired on February 25th, 2018. Then we wrap the entire thing up, and uh, by entire thing, we mean the entire first volume, season, or whatever of Young Animal, with Doom Patrol, Justice League of America number one. That originally aired on March 4th, 2018. Again, uh, can't, can't state it enough. We are very, very negative about these books. Uh, the language might be a little bit more colorful than you're used to here because, uh, yeah, we were not very happy with this. Uh, so we hope you do enjoy the next couple hours of us suffering through this. And uh, definitely, if you feel differently about this event, let us know. We, uh, we're always open to dialogue. We want to we wanna know how folks... Uh, received these, uh, even if it's not the way we received it. I I think that could be very interesting to uh, discuss. Anywho, uh, next week we will launch Season 2 with Shade the Changing Woman number 1, Eternity Girl number 1, Cave Carson has an Interstellar Eye number 1, and Mother Panic Gotham AD number 1. So uh, we hope you stay tuned for that. See ya! Once in every lifetime Comes a love like this Young Animal section on the Weird Science DC Comics.com podcast. My name is Reggie. My name is Chris. And we have a bit of a dairy confluence happening here, right? Some sort of a (laughs) yogurt uh, (laughs) battle happening. It is the debut of Milk Wars, the much touted non event by Young Animal, which will blend DCU with uh, Young Animal U. Sure. Which we didn't know was a U until now. It actually is also making a, a, you know, single young animal universe. So while it does that, I guess. Actually, we'll find out what it does as we go along. But yeah, all we have for now is the first issue, and uh, that was Justice League of America, Doom Patrol number one, written by Steve Orlando and Gerard Way, art by ACO, Hugo Petrus, Tamara Bonvillain, and Marissa Louise, backup written by Magdalene Visaggio, backup art by Sonny Liu. Special thanks to David Lorenzo Riviero. 
Thank you. Thanks, David. Thanks. Thanks, Dave. Cover by Frank Quitely. And I just want to say, you know, one thing I'll say about this is going into this event, I truly, truly did not know what to expect, Chris. No, I, not at all. All I, had, all I knew was the cover image of mm-hmm. a floating milkman. That's it. And, and that it was called Milk Wars. And as we went along, I knew Retcon would be included in there, but I didn't know what it was. So it was kind of nice to go into this blind relatively uh, fresh know. yeah uh you know I, I definitely went into it feeling like this could this could be anything so it uh we'll find out what it was right now so <laughs> uh, it opens up in final heaven a place only recently named to my knowledge right we've been calling that the pink asgard i think right? so yeah i think that's final heaven uh i didn't know that's where a solid snake hangs out right <laughs> it looked like it to me. <laughs> This is apparently where the company Retcon exists. Uh, Lord Manga Khan is wheeling and dealing to buy a reality or something like that, or maybe like a location within a reality, uh, but one specially conditioned to Manga Khan's needs. That's something Retcon can provide for him. In this case, it's Happy Harbor, Rhode Island, hometown of the Justice League America. Uh, there exists a pleasant suburban sprawl in the autumn for some reason. Did you know the leaves are falling? Yeah, that's odd. I have a feeling maybe the leaves are always falling there. It seems like a sort of autumn, autumnal location. So. Uh, there's even a milkman delivering fresh milk, and he looks awfully familiar. He wears a traditional white milkman suit with a white cape, and his name is Milkman Man. Hmm. Hey, there's a montage of panels shows Milkman Man delivering milk around town, and looks like not everyone's really receptive to it. Looks like he has to sort of force feed the milk at times, grab people's faces. Pour it down their gullets, so it's uh, this is not an optional thing, milk delivery. Yeah. We also see a black and white TV showing a title card for the Rita Farr show, looking awfully a lot like the title card for I Love Lucy. In fact, if I didn't know better, Chris, <laughs> I'd say it looked exactly like the title card for I Love Lucy. I think so, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's clearly a mid-20th century kind of place here. White picket fences, halter tops, children playing with brandless toys and stuff like that. In the Milkman Man's wake, we see a home splattered with milk, and the inhabitants are unconscious. Even the terrier dog is knocked out. Hmm. Wow. Well, it's time for our team to arrive, and they enter through Danny the Ambulance, of course, through a rift in the air. Uh, They're on a trail of a rocket fired by Redcon, and uh, we can't be sure, but we think this was meant to be shown in Doom Patrol 11. I have a feeling feeling we're missing some key info here, but, you know, we pick it up as best we can. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll allow it for now. Uh, now, uh, Casey Brink uh, checks out a home and finds the door was forced open and milk has been sprayed everywhere. Inside is a uh, very bizarre looking thing. Maybe it's an inside out cow. What did you think uh, it is? I, 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 it's like a homunculus with yeah. udders, <laughs> or, or like or like a dressed side of like, beef or something. Like I, a tumor with udders or something. It's very very, very strange. Uh, now Casey does point out that it does in fact have udders. Um, a fellow shows up and says to stay away from his grandmother. Uh, <laughs> His spouse cowers behind a door and says that they don't like new people. And that is when uh, Ward Cleaver version of Lobo (laughs) (laughs) in a cardigan sweater and bow tie shows up. He also smokes a pipe because it is the mid-20th century. And uh, he introduces himself as Carl Lobo. I didn't know that. I didn't know that was his first name. His name was Carl. Interesting. All right. He looks like a Carl. Now, after Cliff mounts off to him, Lobo knocks him for a loop. Oh, the thing is, scrapes are starting. But back at the retcon offices, the sales guy 
Uh, who also worked for that guy Haxalon, right? The the cutout Thor. The the yeah the not the what's it the copy withheld from copyright or right that, that guy. So this is so that's his boss. I'm really unclear what how that what the how, what the hierarchy is of the retcon and and I didn't even know that 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 cutout Thor was involved with retcon. I, I it's, it's all coming out uh, now. Are you not paying attention during our Doom Patrol reviews? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I gotta check out sometimes, Chris. <laughs> Just to go through them anyway. Uh, anyway, uh, he works. He works for that guy in some capacity, but we know that from another issue, so it's not relevant here. He explains himself somewhat. He says, "We start at Mount Justice, Happy Harbor, where Earth rose up to meet the God of Superheroes when he first ascended from Final Heaven, where Earth's idea of justice has spread from. From justice gave birth to difference and disruption, embodied there by three timeless ideas. Our version of this Trinity is homogenizing Earth Prime to our specifications." With the help of our milk. So this Trinity, it's got to be Superman, Wonder Woman, and Batman, right? Am I wrong? Or are they, are they talking about Father God and Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost? I mean, what is... <laughs> right? Uh, am I wrong? Well, it's gotta okay, be, it's, it's got to be, gotta be the superheroes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this milk makes everything 1950s style, or to some specific style yet to be determined. They might have other milks if they want to make a sci-fi world or whatever it is. And now we just have a little bit of the Rita Farr show. Uh, folks, if you remember, Rita Farr was on the original team. She was Elastic Woman, uh, who could grow big. The only one that wasn't an actual freak. So the front door of the Farr household explodes, and militarized cows kind of stand menacingly in the front yard. They're sort of like anthropomorphic jock cows. And, uh, I think the one in the front has a flamethrower. Yes. Rita's TV husband greets the cows. It wasn't Steve Dayton, I'm pretty sure. Uh, so. and gets his head blown in, and then the cows grab Rita Farr for what they call narrative readjustment. Hmm. Now back to Happy Harbor, where a massive lightning strike pierces the blue sky and falls right in front of the house with that inside-out cow inside it. It's Milkman Man and the Community League of Rhode Island. <laughs> this is uh, basically the Justice League of America in 1950s clothing and styles. Uh, some of them look pretty cool. Uh, we got to say that uh, Vixen's orange party dress is pretty neat. I like that. Uh, Good luck. Yes. <laughs> Now, uh, she uses rhino power to wallop Larry, so he lets Lou Keeg, that negative energy being. Uh, Crazy Jane tries to stop everyone from fighting, saying that this is exactly what Retcon wants. But the Community League, they're just itching for a scrap. Uh, Meanwhile, the Fox family, who lived in the house with the Inside Out cow, take off. They say they can order a new grandma from Milkman Man, which uh, is a service I didn't know he offered. That's nice. Glendy Buzz. Uh, <laughs> I, I lost both my grandmas. Maybe I should give him a call. Got to give him a buzz. <laughs> uh, now Lobo is squaring off with Cliff and Flex Mentalo in the in the ruined backyard of the Fox House. Cliff sends him flying up high and down through the roof of the Fox House with an uppercut. Milkman Man now has his sights set on Danny the Ambulance. He's flying it around, spilling medical equipment and Danny Land inhabitants everywhere. Then there are a ridiculous uh, five connected splash pages of yeah. fighting and psychedelia. They, this is... I mean, I, I usually complain when there's like a when there's like a lot of spreads in comics because of the price, but uh, this looks really cool. I mean, I'll, I'll say it up front: it's a ripoff. To, yeah, to, yeah. To eat up to eat up five pages of story with this. However, it's it's amazing art, you know, and it's actually been a while since I've seen ACO. Probably because I haven't read Justice League America since like the first two or three issues. Uh, I think he's on that. I'm not. I'm not sure, but. This looked great, and uh, it is. It's like it's like five awesome Doom Patrol wacky pages of 
craziness. Uh, I liked I liked seeing it, but I'd be lying if I said it wasn't a ripoff. I'm also uh, like, you know, we we only saw it digitally. We we get the uh, yeah. comps, so I'd love to hear from somebody. Let me know what it really looks like printed. I didn't pick it up this week. I probably should have and looked at it myself, but I actually did not get to the comic store. Anyway. Mine won't get here for probably about a week or so. Yeah, you'll you'll get it, and if I don't if I don't find out before then, I'm sure you'll yeah. uh, let me know. It would kind of suck if it was just five single pages. I'm hoping, <laughs> hoping there's some kind of a fold out because they are connected, but maybe they're saving sure. it for a uh, forty dollar poster later on. Anyway, bad hot topic. You can find that one. The milkman man is uh, fighting Casey. He explains that his dad, Marty F. Maggie Bell the Third, founder and owner of Maggie Bell Milk. Said to always hit a lady, but he can't land a punch on Casey. Remember, she has the power to always, always arrive early, so she keeps showing up before his punch is going to land. Casey's able to break through the show and show Milkman Man that he's just a pawn of retcon. Milkman Man still wants to get rid of the world's weirdness anyway. He doesn't care that he's uh, been, uh, you know, manipulated. Cliff points out that. To Jane that they're losing against the Justice League America, he doesn't want to do another Codsville, which is a reference to Doom Patrol Volume 1, number 121, October 1968 cover, where the team sacrificed themselves to save a small fishing town of Codsville, Maine, which had, I think, 14 inhabitants, right, or 12, yeah, something like that. It was very, very, very it was, it was like a very, but, you know, that's how heroic they are. So uh, Jane calls forth a personality from her internal subway system in her mind, and we know a little bit about that from Issue 6. And from Grant Morrison's run, uh, that that's kind of how her subconscious is uh, expressed. Yeah. yeah. So back at Retcon, the sales guy explains that there's a lineage of justice, an evolutionary tree leading back to All, the god of superheroes. That's All A H L. Okay. <laughs> Ideas branch off from the tree, and there are permutations and differences, and that's how we get, for example, Wonder Woman and Batman. But Superman is directly linked to All, so he could not be adjusted for this Happy Harbor display. So they copied, made something from nothing, and made him into Milkman Man. Hmm. Now, meanwhile, Jane's personality can make paintings uh, that, you know, they they should make paintings real, and she shows up here. Uh, Normally, she can manipulate only her own artwork. However, today she applies it to Happy Harbor and turns everything, and everything turns into comic books. Literally, I mean, these are real comic books. Mm-hmm. So we have a, you know, we've got a copy of Justice League of America, Volume One, Number Seventy Five, from November nineteen sixty nine, that has a Black Canary on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Action Comics Five Twenty One from July nineteen eighty one, the first appearance of Vixen. Uh, Brave New World Number One from August two thousand six, the first appearance of Ryan Choi. Uh, the Ray Number One from the limited series February nineteen ninety two, which was the first appearance of guess who? The Ray. Jury hey. uh, <laughs> of Firestorm, the Nuclear Man. Number 19. Uh, that was uh, June 2013. That was Killer Frost's first appearance. But her first Omega modern, Man. her first like her first, yeah, post heroic, uh, yeah. 52. Right, yeah. Right. Uh, Omega Men Volume 1, number 3, June 1983, the first appearance of Lobo. Uh, where he looks like a uh, he looks like he's a member of Kiss or something on the That's cover. Right. Right? Totally different. He's got like a, a two tone jester outfit. He's yeah, it's like weird. <laughs> and uh, Action Comics number That's one from June 1938, right. the, the first, first appearance, appearance of somebody. Slam right? Bradley, I think, was the first. Slam time Bradley. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, this last one really rankles Mil- Milkman Man. He can't figure out why the character on the front looks like him. Which, in reality, it, it doesn't look all that much like him. Is <laughs> no. Joe Schuster and, and ACO are, are not too similar in their art. Yeah, really. uh, 
Now, as he holds the issue of Action Comics, a page changes from Superman's origin, which is taken from All-Star Superman somehow, to the origin of Milkman Man. And here we go. He was shot in a rocket to Marty F. Maggie Bell III, raised to protect the family interests. But somehow, says Milkman Man, this also isn't right. And that's pretty much how we're all feeling. Uh, Milkman Man <laughs> says he was nothing. He was born that way. Gives Casey pause, and she realized that this was her kid with Terry Nunn. Terry was pregnant with this nothing baby in Doom Patrol number 10, if you recall. While Casey and her, and I mean, anyway, we'll talk about that in a minute. While Casey <laughs> and her son reunite, the Justice League of America has reverted back to their normal garish costume forms, and they want some answers. Bookman Man screams, I said don't look at me, which he didn't, and then he takes off at super liminal speed, according to the Ray, at least, uh, we wouldn't know. The JLA remembers how this all began. Milkman Man showed up at their sanctuary and, after knocking, attacked and force-fed everyone milk. This turned them into all into, like, the Leave It to Beaver mode that we've seen them for most of the uh, issue. The JLA and Doom Patrol chit-chat for a little while, and the cybernetic eye pops into existence. It's followed by a pink hologram of Cave Carson coming from the cybernetic eye who explains that he and his friend Swamp Thing discovered the home office of Redcon, which is where I would have thought that the Duper had just come from, and uh, maybe there's a different <laughs> home office, and uh, they want to go mess it up. And, of course, they're all in for the next issue, folks. The JLA it looks like they'll be coming along, which is uh, cool. I guess that's nice. Sure. Back up, which is just three pages, I believe, uh, kind of weirdly sketchedly drawn. Story of Caroline Sharp, a secret government agent who is sprayed with a magma and turns into a hideously scarred but and burned person. Sort of remind me of like Rita Farr's original origin is elastic women, mm. but like a gross version. <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah. Like just like, you know, not a uh, there. She she inhaled volcanic gases and over time developed her power. This was sort of a more abrupt scalding of a person. Uh, <laughs> didn't like it. Didn't hate it. No problem with the backup, really. I expect, you know, even in a sense, it had like a pulp look to it. Uh, but that's about all I can say about it. So that's about it. <laughs> um, now I came out of this with relatively positive feel. As a matter of fact, I came out of this feeling like, eh. It was when I when I read it again, I started to feel a little bit more positive about it. But I want to talk about two glaring problems. One of them is not this comic's fault, and one of them is this comic's fault. One of them, obviously, Chris, is the the fact that Doom Patrol 11 should have yeah. been out, uh, and it should have been. I believe, actually, this was originally planned that Doom Patrol 12 was going to be out before Milk Wars. That, I think so. They scrapped that a long time ago. But, you know, the fact that we clearly missed a chunk of story uh, was, you know, crummy. I, I, sure. I, I, it was, I feel gypped. I feel a little bit ripped off. Uh, I know that they're up against the wall. You know, they've got this and three other or four other issues coming after it, so they couldn't really just, like, Move the whole event, but it just sucks that Doom Patrol couldn't get its shit together to uh, put out the issue it was supposed to. It's too I, bad there's only one genius on the planet who can write it. I know. It's, it's really, it's, it's just yeah. too bad. No one else can come in and write the incredible Doom Patrol uh, dialogue like bloop and blop. But, uh, yeah. I mean, there's got to be another Grant Morrison tribute band Somebody, here, right? right? Somebody right? has to have read that stuff. Hmm. Uh, you know, maybe we could take a crack at it sometime. Give us, give us a call. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely. Well, we, we rewrote issue 100, so. Pretty much, <laughs> it's true. Yeah, you know, we just have to do some backfill. Uh, but anyway, that's not this comic's problem. I, I don't no. feel like that's, this comic was did its own can't thing. can't hold that against this. I can't yeah. hold that against this. What I do hold against this, though, and the more, Chris and I talked about this, obviously, beforehand, and the more I thought about it, the worse it is that if you don't, if you haven't been reading Doom Patrol, 
this is absolutely incomprehensible to you. I mean, to oh, the boy. point of I would be offended if I went to go. And uh, originally I was imagining it like what if I was, you know, reading only Shade or reading the other year animal books and hadn't read Doom Patrol because, for example, it comes out, you know, three times a year. So uh, I decided not to pick up single issues. I would be 100% lost with this issue. But it, it would be even worse for people reading Justice League America. Mm-hmm. Right? Coming back this Absolutely. way, they would be like, not only do I not know the new characters, I don't know my own characters. I don't know what's yeah. going on. You know what I mean? I'm so lost. And it, and it, it comes down to basic things like characters naming each other. Sure. You know, showing their power in a way that is going to be understandable. Or if it's if it can't be, like, you know, the negative entity is difficult. And he, I think he does mention that he lives a lifetime while he sleeps. But, uh, that's sort of got to be told and more than shown. Yeah. Uh, you know, Cliff Steele, it's obvious what his power is, but um, yeah, it, I thought they could have done more explaining who these characters are and their world and, you know, if you try to bring people into it. And that is this comic's fault, and I see it all the time in comics, and it really is uh, a really bad trend. That's basic nuts and bolts of comics making. Yeah. Uh, but overall, you were more down on this. Let's hear some of your – let's hear some some bad news. I, I was I, I didn't uh, I, I didn't hate it but at the same time uh, it I, I've said Grand Morrison tribute band so many times it's yeah. just you know uh, uh, you know as cool as it is to see all these old comic covers it's not as cool as it was 30 years ago when Morrison did it yeah um, and the reason it was so cool when Morrison did it is because it felt like he wasn't supposed to do it. It was subversive. It was like, it was like we were seeing things that we weren't supposed to see. Well, that it was, you know? it was a bunch of pre-crisis, pre-crisis stuff, stuff that yeah, was supposed so to be like thrown away. So it that was really never was, supposed to have happened. It so really it was felt, like you know illicit material in a yeah, way. Yeah, <laughs> it felt like we were actually seeing something we weren't supposed to see, mm-hmm. and it felt like he was getting away with something and taking us with him. And it was just, it was really cool. It was clever, and it really suited his story. Now, when we see it. It's like now, anytime I pick up anything that's Doom Patrol-y, I expect to see it. I mean, you know, I mean, to be honest, I'm not even clear what happened in that scene. Neither so, am I. So it, all, I think all, it was just a couple this... of creators really, really pleased with themselves, pulling a pulling a Morrison tribute. It's, so they showed them the comics, and all of a sudden they're back. I mean, wouldn't you wouldn't you just freak the fuck out if someone was like, "Oh, you're just showing a picture of me on a, you know, on a cover on of a, a comic"? You'd yeah. be like, "What the hell's going on?" Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it uh, it seemed like a weird, just like very convenient breaking of the spell, and uh, mm. it definitely was like you know a trip down comics covers memory lane. Now, of course, we enjoyed the part of going and you know naming the cover, but sure. <laughs> uh, but again, if we're it, if you're having if you have people who who are are just on the fringes of wanting to follow this book that aren't in it like we are, yeah, I don't know who you're winning over. I, I I agree with that 100. percent Even that even that very thing that you know, calling forth this personality to do this manifest these comics. Yeah. We, we read every issue. Who is she? What exactly? Is, what is she about? Like you know what I mean? It's just like you know, we've gone so long, and Crazy Jane is just doing something now. It's not even in Doom Patrol. Nope. It's not even in her own in her own comics. So. 
Yeah, you know, I, I, I gave this a good score, but I, you really talking about it with Chris. He really pulled the, <laughs> took the wind out of my sails. No, I didn't mean to do no, that. No, I, no, I, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm funnin' with you. Well, there, there are positive things to say. The art, I, like I said, I have not Rock seen camping. ACO in a, in a little while, and boy, it looked terrific uh, every mm-hmm. page, but especially those five rip-off pages. For five yeah. rip-off pages... I mean, I'm almost of a mind if this was three bucks, I'd say, oh, just get it for those five pages. Sure. They look great. I mean, it's like mm-hmm. put it on your wall kind of poster, kind of like an awesome uh, piece of full-color artwork. Uh, you know, and it, the basic gimmick of, of the milk I thought was okay. I like the idea of uh, a villain or a, you know, milkman man knocking and then force-feeding everyone milk. I didn't know. I didn't know what was up with grandma. I didn't really care, but obviously that's a yeah, thing. That was just lines. Um, they were yeah. Very proud. I don't really understand. And you know, it, it basically, if I, I think, I think what is with you, and I, and I don't blame you at all, is that you're sick of the Grant Morrison shit. And now I am too, to yeah, an extent. And I love the Grant Morrison stuff. <laughs> I mean, it's, I, it's disappointing because we wanted some new, you know. New ideas. If, you got to do You got to go. You can't straddle the fence. I mean, Morrison, he was far out and weird, but he delivered an issue every month. That's true. Yeah. So, you know, he was able to he was able to fit in some weird and then do some not so weird. So you had a breath. Yeah. You know, you, you could have Lodestone grow a, an eyeball between her chest, between her breasts, mm. and fly off to explore space in one issue, and then the next issue have them fight the beard hunter. Yeah. You know, I mean, there was there was like you can do different things, but the fact that this book comes out when it feels like it, and and it feels like maybe like a third of the issues we've gotten so far have been fill-in issues. Yeah. It's like, here's a weird, wacky, Morrison-esque adventure. I do feel like, like he's, it's it's too much with the Morrison stuff where... It is. It's, you know, those are his ideas, you know what I mean? Like, exactly. Leave, leave them alone. If you want to be of that ilk, I'm all for it, but there's, sure. there's new ways to, we need new ideas. And initially, that's what was so exciting was about character like Casey Brink. Sure, she's what, new. And what they were doing with, like, you know, Danny Land and then fleshing that out. But they backed off from that totally and gone almost right back to the Morrison well. Because, uh, yeah, like, if you look at the uh, that, that Giffen and Clark run that we like so much, yeah. I mean, he took bits and pieces from every run. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you had Arnold Drake stuff. You had Morrison stuff. You had Kupperberg stuff. Mm. You had uh, Arcudi stuff. Burns stuff. Even Burns stuff, yeah. He <laughs> pulled out the gorilla. You know, he I had Grunt and, yeah, I mean, <laughs> and made it all work and still had the weirdness. I mean, he brought Ambush Bug in, too. You know, I you mean, know that, that tickled my uh, fancy course. very much right there. But, I mean, there was a little bit of meta in it. There was a little bit of weird in it. There was uh-huh. a little bit of superhero in it. It was a really good blend, and I, you know, I can't hold it against this book that it's not that, but at the same time, I, I would prefer it be a little bit more like that. It can be done. And, you know, the, th- and, of course. Know, the thing about Doom Patrol also is that, as has been shown by having so many different creators and so many different flavors and styles, is you can go a whole different direction. Absolutely. This this could have been do, Doom there Patrol There are no limits. Space, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, we're, now we're just ragging on Doom Patrol. <laughs> uh, but anyway, it's so, on the site, I, you know, I was telling Chris, I really felt this was an eight. I was kind of like eight-ish, but I felt like, let me give it a, a positive nudge, push it to 8.5, because I felt like I wanted to come out positive for this event. You know, as far as I'm concerned, there's still four more books. It could go great places, or we don't know what's going to happen. I'm definitely looking forward to that cave and swamp thing. You know that that's that's probably my most anticipated of all the books. But uh, what's the shade one? Is it Wonder Woman? I think so. Yeah. 
So I'm really looking forward to the cave and small thing <laughs> one. But anyway, you know, we'll be reading all of them. But uh, what would you, what do you, what do you think you would give it? Um, seven. Yeah, I'd probably come down more. I'll be honest, I'm even feeling more like even six point five seven. I couldn't, I couldn't go too low though because the visuals are so strong. And uh, if they even came down a buck off the book, I'd probably be much more. This is a $5 book, right? It is. It is. Yeah. It's, it's too much. A big investment for for an unknown. If you're if you're a Justice League fan who's just a, a become a completist mm. and uh just pick up things that say Justice League, you're spending $5 on something that's yeah. uh, like a, a a real puzzle box. Yeah. Something you'll read once and never look at it again the rest of your life. You might uh, make it through once. You might make it through or be like, what? Hopefully you make it to the part with the five pages of a splash. There you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, it probably deserves to come down a little bit. But, uh, you know, I got to hope. I got to hope for better better days, better things, Chris. I got to be positive. You know, this is uh, <laughs> not a lot to hang on to in this life. We got to hope for true. better comics. Uh, next week we do have the next installment of Milk Wars, and we know for a fact it will be out, and that's uh, Mo- Batman Mother Panic. Or the other way around, isn't it? Isn't Mother Panic Batman? I don't know. It is Mother Panic slash Batman. Which is kind of crazy. What is that? We'll find out what that's about. So uh, that's next week, and then uh, I don't know what happens after that. And uh, I think it all wraps up with uh, JLA Doom Doom Patrol 2. Yeah, Yeah. Doom Patrol's on the front, right? I believe so. (laughs) I don't even know. I don't know. I don't know. And then after that, Doom Patrol 11. So hey, we'll find out what we missed after after the whole event's over. That'll be exciting. But uh, I think that's all we got for him this week, Chris. Got anything else to tell the peoples? I don't think so. Well, folks, hope we didn't depress you too much. But uh, <laughs> until next week, I want you to keep it young and animalistic. Kitty, kitty. See ya. segment on the weird science dc comics.com podcast my name is reggie my name is chris and this week we have a continuation of the milk wars event non event mm-hmm. they call it the unevent uh really that's cute i think that's what they're calling it yeah that's, <laughs> that's the idea so uh yeah they're bringing in uh this this week is what do we got chris we got the Mother Panic Batman special number one. As mentioned, this is part of Milk Wars. This is uh, Milk Wars part two, written by the usual writer, Jody Hauser, with art by a uh, different artistic team, uh, Ty Templeton and Kieran Smith. Um, and uh, I like this uh, art a lot better than the uh, Sean Crystal stuff that we ended Absolutely. the volume proper with. I agree. I mean, you know. I think to get Ty Templeton on a series is another story, another story altogether. That might explain sure. why. But uh, I did actually think, though, that he did kind of 
or, you know, change the art style a little bit to be more like mm-hmm. other. Do, do, do you think so? I mean, it doesn't look like yeah, yeah. Side not as got a very as it was. No, uh, but it's it seems as like plain and a lot of lot of stark blacks. Side Templeton's got a broad range though, so. Sure does. Uh, I don't know if I could pen him down to any one style anyway, but anyway. Absolutely. Do continue. Now, now the issue opens pretty surprisingly. We actually get an origin story for Violet Page, which you got to figure. uh, You got to figure a lot of the people buying this probably aren't buying it for Mother Panic. They're probably buying it for Batman. So uh, a lot of them might not be. We read 12 issues of Mother Mother Panic, and I still found this pretty useful. (laughs) This was still helpful, yes. (laughs) Yeah, we get the, uh, we get a nice quick and dirty honor here with the rundown of Violet killed her father while they were on a hunting trip because he was, uh, what was he trying to do? Like, he was trying to st- give her mother away to some dude to uh, bang, right? Something like this. He he, he was a real scumbag. <laughs> was, there was something yeah, going on. He was on. a real jerk. And uh, then she was sent to live at Gather House, which looked like a regular private uh, school academy type thing. But she was actually the subject of experimentation there, along with the rest of the students. Uh, she would eventually grow tired of all that and burnt the place down. So uh, very short and very to the point and very helpful for Bat fans who might be picking this up on a $5 lark. Yeah, uh, different than the other issue we read, but that's, you know, it's, uh, that's this, a fact. This, this is something you could actually pick this up without having read Mother Panic. Whether you would like it is another story, but you could, sure. I think, follow along. You so, caught up pretty decently. Uh, yeah, they definitely give you the nuts and bolts of the character. So uh, in the present... We join Violet and her crazy mother having a tea party at the Mother Panic Compound Wonderland Room thing that her mm. grandmother inhabits. Has toadstools and uh, deer walking around. Deer. It's like, it's like <laughs> it looks like it's outdoors, indoors. Uh, peering into her teacup, Violet sees a bunch of faces calling out to her for help. She smashes the cup onto the toadstool table, at which time her crazy mama informs her that Gatherhouse has returned. And so Violet hops into her mother panic gear and takes to the Gotham skies. She's shocked to find that for once her mama wasn't just babbling nonsense. Yeah, not this time. Yeah, with golf and it is a bunch of hooey. <laughs> but uh, Gatherhouse does indeed stand once more. She approaches the door and finds a handwritten note taped to it. It reads, a land flowing with milk and honey. She tears it and pulls off the and honey part. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, inside it's decorated like a birthday party. She attempts to curse, but it comes out as Qbert speak out of all the uh, punctuation symbols, which mm-hmm. annoys her because she wants to curse. But Chris, we we actually had a little discussion about this. In the- <laughs> how much? Yes. How much we prefer this to, uh, to, to I, actual I, f words. I prefer this actual <laughs> cursing and definitely prefer this to dashes or stupid other symbols like or like the black bar. Yeah, yeah. Like that nonsense. Just give us give us the Qbert speak. So that was nice. Yeah, we're all, you know, for a mature book, we're all mature enough to know what they're really saying anyway. Now, uh, she is soon surrounded by a gaggle of kids dressed in Robin-esque costumes. They also have shotguns. Uh, The Tots introduce themselves as the Holy Sidekick Choir of Merciful Justice, which I'm pretty sure the writer thinks is hilarious and clever, but... I don't know. eh, eh. Sure. Uh, (laughs) A little cute. Now, uh, she asks if uh, they're going to shoot her which causes them to erupt in laughter. They're actually there to bless her. The, quote, father is going to fix her. Mm. Now, she refers to these kids as cannon fodder, which is a bit on the nose. Um, Inside the chapel, we learn, we and she, learns that this father is actually... 
Batman. Hey. We kind of figured that from the cover. That's but true, yeah. What are you going to do? Uh, he is joined at the pulpit by a nun dressed completely in white. Batman introduces himself to Violet as Father Bruce, and he introduces the nun as Mother Partake. Which uh, is kind of clever because, uh, you know, the bad nun at Gather House was Mother Patrick. Yep. And uh, Mother Partake allows you to partake in something. That's right. It's, it's a little bit clever. It's got a little something to it. That's yeah. nice. So uh, Mother Partake is able to produce holy and righteous milk from her fingertips and fills a bunch of cups. I agree with you. Thankfully, this is Ty Templeton, not a super realistic depiction because because that could be gross. It could, it looks gross enough as it is. I yeah. want to see like spouts actually spurting nipples on her fingers. Yeah, 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 it could get real bad. Uh, Violet asks why Father Bruce is dressed like a bat, to which he replies, "Bats are mammals. Mammals produce milk, but few mammals also have wings to bring you closer to heaven." <laughs> okay. He mm-hmm. leads Violet into an adjoining room to show her the machine. This is where the children he finds are rewritten into sidekicks. He views this as though he's saving their souls. We get a pithy comment from Violet about Batman leading kids into danger, which doesn't feel like should be something discussed in the comic, at least not in this comic. Yeah, it's uh, like it's something that I think fans joke about, but it's okay for fans to do it because we we see the full breadth of what Batman does. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> a Gothamite. I mean, it's, it's, something, it's something Commissioner Gordon has talked has, has said in the past also, but uh, this is not this is not the time or place to be. No, uh, no, it's know, just a little him. cutesy commentary. Yeah. Uh, now, from here, Father Bruce shares his secret origin. You know, his parents were killed, pearls everywhere, yada, 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 same difference there. Uh, then, however, one night, something burst through the window at Wayne Manor. It was a priest who offers him a tall glass of righteous milk. Then and there, Bruce decides that, yes, Father, I will become a priest. Uh, Violet finds it odd that Bruce would be so upbeat about his parents being murdered, which (laughs) is, you know, I'll give her that one. Uh, And then Mother Partake grabs a hold of Violet's hand and gives her a peek at what her own saved origin story would be. In it, her mother doesn't lose her mind and uh, never gets sold into uh, her father's friend's prostitution or whatever it was. And so she never killed her father. She still attended Gather House, but it was a great school. And she was a, you know, she was an athlete and a star student and uh, would grow up to be a happy adult. And that's lovely. And it actually, it seems like it works. Uh, Violet allows herself to be led toward the machine. She's shaken back to reality by the sight of a familiar face, though. It's the little girl who she'd saved twice already. First from the blood painter lady, then from the body bag killer. So this is all part of the series, but, uh, yeah, she's over here, too. Little girl hops out of the machine with her new sidekick identity of Fennec Fox. What? Mm-hmm. What, is, what is a Fennec? I don't know. Uh, okay. <laughs> Violet is rather displeased by all this and comes around to the idea that her past was earned. Her survival is something she'll never give up. And then, a fight scene, of course, because it is a comic book. Mother Panic's able to procure a shotgun from one of the tots and takes aim at Father Bruce. Before she pulls the trigger, however, she pivots and aims at Mother Partake, who shatters into a mess of glass and milk. Suddenly, the truth floods back into Batman's head and he's back to normal, quote-unquote. Uh, he guides the children out of Gather House and right into his Robin Academy. No, I'm only kidding. Uh, Violet remains behind for a moment before burning the place down. Again, it wouldn't be right not to leave it the same yeah. way. Uh, outside, Batman's getting ready to bring his kids somewhere, bring the kids somewhere safe. 
However, Fennec Fox would rather stay with Violet. And so she takes her back to the compound. Later on, back in the Wonderland room, Violet and her mother chat a bit. Uh, they're interrupted by the arrival of Batman, who uh, Violet's mother knows right off the bat immediately is really Bruce Wayne. And now so does Violet. Um, he shows her Cave Carson's cybernetic eye and fills her in on all the Milk Wars happenings up to this point. Looks like she's been drafted into a war. All right, report for duty, Mother Panic. Mm-hmm. Violet and her mother share a chat that feels kind of final. Uh, her mother seems to think that this might just be the last time they see one another. Uh, inside the uh, Mother Panic compound, the cybernetic guy opens a portal that Batman and Mother Panic step through. Unbeknownst to them, Fennec Fox also stows away for the ride. And that's it. Yeah. Uh, there is a backup that Chris says he didn't get. I don't believe you, Chris. I think you just didn't read it. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, let's backup, just face I don't it. know what these things are. Yeah, you, you don't go for the backup. Uh, <laughs> this one is, I, I, I got to get to it. I forget now what it is. It's. Uh, I, I believe it's the uh, updating of the character to like 80s comics. So what, what this backup turns out to be is more of a commentary of like, uh, comics in general and the way oh, we need more of those in, in uh, young animal yeah, we, we don't there aren't enough of those but uh <laughs> this one is the uh, this one is the one where there's like uh it's very like akira inspired bloody uh very much like you know post watchman grim type, and gritty type fair so uh actually it says here it's playing in 1981 so this is probably a little early oh, for great. that but yeah that's the, my idea that's my idea of it it doesn't i don't really understand why what cause it has so i'm not going to really worry about it but what'd you give this score what'd you give this well, you, you got to get the five dollar price point there so i you know, you know gotta... what i mean i mean to be honest it's not it, it just doesn't move the needle for me either way you know what i mean i'm not mad at it it is two pages so it's not like it's it's gumming up the works or anything it's just <laughs> okay here it is uh, whatever that's cool <laughs> no, I, I found myself uh, really uh, disliking a lot of the cuteness. I, I we, we, We've got a few chestnuts that we break out, like talking about how certain books don't earn their yeah. relevance. And yeah. uh, I don't know that Violet needs to know that Batman is Bruce Wayne. I don't. I, I You know, it just seems kind of a throwaway. It's like, I don't think this book, this character has earned that kind of thing just yeah, yet. Yeah, that kind, of, kind of longevity. Although, to be fair... I believe a full 15% of Gotham City does know his true identity. <laughs> this so it's not, not that big of a secret. <laughs> and, and also, I'm kind of questioning whether or not she's going to make it out of Milk Wars alive at this point. I, uh, we know well, From what we do know, the next volume starts out, what, 10 years in the future? Yeah. Or something like that? It wouldn't surprise me at all if Fennec Fox it became be Fennec Mother Fennec. Yeah, yeah, sure, why not? Uh, and actually, that would, that would make sense, because usually... When you do learn uh, the secret identity, you're you're gonna die. You die. <laughs> you know, yes, you're on borrowed time from that point. Yeah. Um, and also, it's uh, they seem to be playing around with Fox a little bit. Uh, there was a Fox in the Doom Patrol book. There's a Fox here. Um, for folks who don't know, Morrison means son of the Fox or something like that. Uh-huh. So I don't know if this is just a big. Uh, homage to him uh i remember a line he did in his animal man where where the psycho pirate was asking if the wolfman sent him talking about marv wolfman and then the response was no it was the fox man which was graham morrison, graham morrison. but uh, there you go who knows maybe i'm just reading too much into it i, I, uh, I don't think that's impossible <laughs> i mean i'll say one thing for this issue and now having read we've actually have read uh i've read the next issue 
this event is, and I, I see it now as Doom Patrol infects the rest of the Young Animal and you know a little bit of the DC universe. Yeah. It's, it, this is a book where even if if I was a just a Mother Panic fan, which is something I think I people are out there. There are people that don't read the other books, but they like Mother Panic and vice versa. Mm-hmm. You know, I can see that. Yeah, uh, yeah different strokes. Uh, I'd be a little annoyed by this book because it's it's so unlike. Any other issue it's of very totally Panic. different. It's, yeah. it's really off the wall. The milkman jumping in the window. It's very. It has a silly reverence to it. And Mother Panic. It doesn't really go that way. You know what I mean? No. It's uh, it, it. Mother Panic is not. It's not for the comedy laughs. I'll tell you what. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's that. And I'd say that's to its to its. Uh, you know, that's not to its benefit. That's that's sure. that's uh, not a great thing. It's it's sort of like. You know, Doom Patrol itself is a comic that needed to build up a lot more goodwill before it pulled a stunt like this, I think. And uh, I think so, too. Yeah. But here we are. But anyway, what, what was your score you gave it? I gave it initially a 7.0, and uh, I was thinking about bumping up to 7.5, but I'm not going to. I'm leaving okay. it at a 7 out of 10. I'd be a 7, I think, a respectable score, and that's that's a book that's uh, – and I, I'm going to come in, I think, I, you know – I really feel either way. I'm going to go seven also just to be uh, in line with you. But I do think the nuts and bolts of a comic are here. I do think you could come in cold and pick this up pretty much. You probably would have to know more about Batman than Mother Panic because they do lay out a lot of the basics about Mother Panic. And, uh, you know, whereas you'd have to know Batman's real origin to understand the, you know, the weird version and the difference in it. So it's, uh, you know, there's nothing really to say that's wrong with this comic, but it is just sort of frustrating that, that what this has become is not a blending of the young animal and the DC universes, nor is it really a celebration of a young animal. It's, no. it's Doom Patrol farting over the whole that's imprint it. so far. And I'm tightened. Uh, you know, next week we got uh shade, the changing girl, wonder woman, number one, I'm not going to give it all away, but it is, it is in the same vein of the same kind of thing. Uh, now, Shade the Changing Girl is already kind of a weird comic, but it's not Doom Patrol. It's a different weird. weird. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, anyway. I I don't, I don't want to go too deeply into that, but uh, this so far is the winner of Milk War, <laughs> as far as as far as we're both concerned right now. Even yeah. though I did come in high on the last one, that was a mistake, folks. This is definitely a better comic all around. It's uh, it's more readable. Just more readable, flat out. Yeah. yeah. Period. It's it's. You will you will not be wondering what's going. You may be wondering why things are happening, <laughs> but you won't be wondering but what you can is follow happening it. exactly. And that's <laughs> that's a big difference. Uh, you know, to ask why in a comic is not unusual. So, True but like that. we said, we will be back next week for Shade the Changing Girl, Wonder Woman number one, then uh, Cave Carson. Presumably, yeah. After that, I believe so. I think I figured it out. Like they have been saying, this story concludes in uh, JLA Doom Patrol number two. I think so. But there still are the interstitial. This is, I guess what they're saying is, if you don't want to read the interstitial issues, you don't have to. Yeah. But why yeah, would the only The only musts are the uh, JLA Doom Patrol bookends, I guess. Mm-hmm. For the big, you know, obviously continuity changing. <laughs> <laughs> worlds will live, worlds will die, you know, and if, we will fall asleep. If we ever see a new comic book from Young Animal again anyway... Uh, no, I do. I, I do believe everything but Doom Patrol is going to come back. It's coming out. I don't. I don't really have any other news to the contrary. But no, uh, things are rough over there. But anyway, we'll be back next week, folks. I think that's all we got from this week. Chris, got anything else for him? No, that'll do us. Well, until next week, folks. I want you to keep it young and animalistic. See ya. Funny.
segment on the weird science dccomics.com podcast my name is reggie my name is chris and we are in the third week is this the third week of milk wars it's got to be at least the 15th right? it feels like it it could be Ugh. though there's only a superhero trinity and we're only getting to the you know third member of that uh, trinity uh what book do we got for him here today chris well, we got Shade the Changing Girl slash Wonder Woman special number one. Title is Mother's Milk, and I think it's technically part three, right? I believe Remember? it's part three of Milk Wars. Part three of Milk Wars. Written by the same writer, Cecil Castellucci, uh, illustrated by Mirko, Mirka and Dolfo, with colors by Marissa Luis. This thing will set you back 499 pennies you will never see wow. again. That's uh, that's quite a stiff price. Mm-hmm. What we're about to talk about here. Let's let's uh, get cracking. Let's, let's see if it was worth it. We'll uh, see. Yeah. <laughs> we open up with Diana taking a milk bath. Uh, she's being doted on by a yellow-clad shade who's being referred to as Haps. H A P S. We're mm-hmm. guessing that's short for happy, right? I think we'll find out. Yeah, that's. <laughs> now Haps massages Diana's temples to give her the happy. <laughs> From the next room over, a baby cries. Shade runs over to check on it, leaving a blue-dressed Shade with Diana. Uh, now, the, she says that the baby is wet and miserable, and so she hands it over to Diana, where it's revealed to be a dustbuster. Well, you see, that's, you never get a dustbuster wet unless it's a wet-dry. True. That's why it's miserable. You see, you messed that up right there. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and then you get all that hair stuck in there. Yeah, and that, it'll, it'll never work right again after that. No, so you got to throw no. it away. <laughs> <laughs> now, Diana gives us some uh, 1950s-era homespun wisdom, such as a clean home is a happy home, and the like, before setting the baby dustbuster down and taking her leave. Shade's caption referred to Diana as Wonder Wife, and she wonders if there's anything outside of the domestic life that a woman can do. Gee, it's uh, too bad Wonder Woman wouldn't make her first appearance until current year, right? Because this is all she would have known in the 50s. You right? know, when, when yeah, there was she no Wonder Woman as right? back then. Or exactly. Wonder or wonder Tot. <laughs> or Wonder Girl. <laughs> all of them. Or any of them. Sometimes, sometimes on the same cover. <laughs> <laughs> now, that blue dress shade we mentioned earlier, her name is Blue, by the way. Sure. She starts crying 
like cartoonishly so. Like there are literal streams coming out of her it's eyes. Like a, it's like an anime cry almost. Like you know. it is. It is. Now Haps runs over and dutifully grabs a mop and starts cleaning the mess. Hey, wait a second. She's being domestic. Uh oh. That, that, that's like a gender role, damn it. Uh, now we get a glimpse of the psychedelic Paisleys. We've missed those. And then we notice that Cave Carson's cybernetic eye has attached itself to the wet end of the mop. It climbs up and bites, taps on the hand, I think. Yeah. Uh, something injects, yeah. zaps, something happens there. Yeah, it, it affects her in some way uh, before dropping into the bucket. Now, after this, Haps heads down a hallway decorated with images of Wonder Wife and some, like, typical domestic situations. She's holding the Dustbuster baby. She's vacuuming. She's wearing oven mitts. Uh, all the while making some I am 14, this is deep comments while she's walking down. Sort of mm. like, whoa, this is, you know, trippy. If only I had angst yeah. and poetry. <laughs> Garbage. Is that what I said when I was 14? Uh, <laughs> at, the other, at the other end of the hallway is a chain shut door with the word danger posted on it. This is the closet where she would she would return the mop. Touches the door, the chains and sign disappear. For a brief moment, she realizes something's wrong here, but the feeling passes and flies begin to swarm. Inside that, uh, you know, room, she dubs the pail, which is supposed to be milk or tears. I think it's milk. I think it's it's white, but she mopped up the tears. But maybe it's milk tears. I I don't know. Maybe the tears. Are I'm the just milk. I'm just disappointed we didn't see the X Men practicing in this room. At least we didn't have to see uh, the finger the finger milk tips from a mother. Yes, again. from mother partake. The <laughs> uh, <laughs> same cave cybernetic eye crawls out of the mop and. Beams a picture of Wonder Woman onto her head, like the real Wonder Woman that we know mm. with the typical, you know, tiara and the whole thing. Uh, before she can come around, the third shave, this one named Love, embraces her and tells her it's time for milk. And so we join Haps on, she's lounging on a couch, having some milk and cookies, and she's watching a, a television program called Rita Loves My Life, which is uh, milk-themed, yeah. I guess, because okay. there is a jar of milk on the TV, right? Yep. Um now, in the show, someone mentions honey, and we're not sure if they mean honey rich, or is this just another milk and honey reference? I mean, does it really matter? Does it, is it no. going to help us understand this anymore, either way? No. So. <laughs> <laughs> now, a paisley Rita Farr emerges from the television, at least I think it's her, and begs Shade to remember her heroes. So is this a honey rich I, nod? Then I really couldn't tell you. <laughs> oh boy! Thus produces a fourth shade. This one's wearing red and is really angry. Which makes me think she must have read this book. Um, <laughs> Wonder Wife pops back in with a bullhorn and informs the four. Uh, the five. There are now five shades. Ah 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 ah. I love count shades. <laughs> One. Uh, <laughs> so we got a fifth shade, and she's wearing green. And her devi- her defining trait is fear, right? Yeah. She's hiding behind stuff. Well, or like shyness, which now that, I mean, all this is, you know. This is Herman's head. It's this is ridiculous. ridiculous. I mean, it's yeah. it really is. And it's like this idea that, like, you know, love isn't, it. you know, anger is a feeling, or, you know, it's like. That's this is like such a ridiculous way to boil down human emotion. You know, it's like yeah, shyness or fear would be a filth. Well, then where's the brave one? You know what I mean? Like yeah. every everyone has their diametric opposite. That's not anyway. Forget it. Whatever. We're getting into <laughs> too much shit. I, I am 14 and this is deep. Still. Yeah. This is really, uh, yeah. <laughs> now Wonder Woman pops in and she tells them that, or Wonder Wife, that yeah. pops in and tells them about a women's rally. Uh, she also begins to show signs of assertiveness. 
before taking in a finger full of milk and then, quote, knowing her place. Very subtle, let me tell you. Subtle or subtle. So now Wonder Wife and the Shades, which is a terrible band name, head down the hallway of Purple Prose, and the green scaredy shade, her name is Fear, by the way, uh, notices the danger door. And now it's covered in flies and maggots and the cybernetic eyes inside. You also get a glimpse of Megan and Loma's bodies with the disparate shade motional spectrum emerging from it, them. This was very confusing because we know yeah. how it, Shade 12 ended, and we thought that mm-hmm. we'd put some of this away. Yeah. Uh, but apparently, maybe not. Uh, things begin coming together, and Hap suggests Wonder Wife take a look at herself, but she doesn't. She just flat out says no. <laughs> nope. uh, actually, fight, it fights over the matter. Uh, the women's instead they load into her station wagon and head towards the women's rally. Seems like Wonder Wife's coming around again, and unfortunately, we still have a bunch of pages to fill, so she takes another swig of milk. That'll do it. Yep. So we have more reason for her to be uh, placid. The mother's rally, women's rally is exactly what you'd expect. To be written by someone who's at least two generations removed from the way women were expected to act during the 1950s. It is a very uh, pat and yeah. uh, one dimensional. Ask me about my feminine agenda. The exact kind of thing, yeah. So uh, yeah. there it was. Uh, later, Wonder Wife and the Shades have a Tupperware party. <laughs> Wonder Wife starts to come around again, even remembering Steve Trevor arriving on Paradise Island. She then recalls marrying Steve, who now has a carton of milk for a head. Wonder Wife struggles a bit and argues reality with the shades. She then opens up one of the little Tupperware uh, burp-sealed whatevers and uh, Cave Carson's cybernetic eye is inside it. Diana freaks out and grabs Haps by the throat. Then she remembers how she's expected to act and tosses Hap towards a wall. Still cracks the damn wall, so... uh, so there's a little bit of force behind it. So that wall is cracked, and then Shade tears into the crack. Cave's eye does some stuff. Yeah, uh, it's something. <laughs> this is. <laughs> that really was the best way to describe it. Like, <laughs> something happens. It crack, opens it or opens a dimension. I don't know what goes on there. And then, like, it, it, like I, I feel like I forgot my 3D glasses for some of this. But uh, <laughs> then Haps' head becomes replaced by the cybernetic eye. Uh, and then she can finally see the whole truth inside that crack in the wall. Uh, she comes back out the other side. Diana punches her in the eye head and then beats her with a vacuum. All the while, psychedelic paisley spill around everywhere. And then Diana remembers everything. Mm-hmm. And she's Wonder Woman again. And she and Shade head to the Milk Wars. And the end. That's it. I mean, you really get... So little Wonder Woman for a shade Wonder Woman book. Yeah. Uh, the backup is more of the same kind of thing. This is a more of a commentary on the history of comics. Let me get into it. We need more of those. We it need doesn't more matter. It doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. So not a big fan of this one, Chris. I get the idea. I uh, I know your score, so I'm not going to reveal it yet. But uh, <laughs> let it, what do you expound on your thoughts? Let us know. This book sucked. Uh huh. I, I mean, I'm I'm not good at giving bad reviews, but I actually got angry at this book. This book was a piece of garbage. Yeah. Um, I could not imagine telling anybody to spend five dollars. I couldn't tell you to pick this up for a dollar. <laughs> I mean, the art is great. I'll give yeah. it that. The art is great, but this is this is garbage. It, it's it's like I know what they're going for here, but it's doing it in such a passive aggressive and too cute by half kind of way. Mm-hmm. To where it's not doing anything. It's like, 
You know, I, I like to think that people like a writer doesn't wake up in the morning and say, I'm going to write the worst comic book I've ever written today. <laughs> but I, I am positive that comic writers do wake up in the morning and say, hey, I'm going to write a book with a message today. And we get a message in this book that I don't think the writer has the proper context for. I, I don't think I got what message, what that message is. Yeah, it's uh, quite so... frankly, it's, you know, uh, that these, you know, that the gender roles, the mid-century gender roles were uh, created by... Unfair? Or, I mean... I, I mean, to be honest, it, it doesn't even say that. I guess implicitly it's unfair because Shade is under yeah. stress. Uh, and, and again, like, Wonder Woman is not really in this book, as far as I'm concerned. She's like, no. She appears at the end. It could have been anybody... Wonder Wife could have been, you know, anything, could have anyone been, in the Could world. have been Superwoman from uh, Earth 3. Could have been anything. Could have been a whole brand new character. Could have gone mm-hmm. a million ways. Wonder Woman is inconsequential. So I think the real story here is Shade having to compartmentalize her feelings. And, and that's the way things were, I guess, in the 50s is the implication. Um, I, I never saw the movie Inside Out, but is that the story of that? Because I don't that's, know. That's basically what we've got uh, here, right? But you don't need to do that now. And it was, you know, it was just it's something we've said now uh, going on to this, this, the second book we've said. This didn't feel like a Shade book to me. You nope. know, Shade dealt with the, you know, coming of age of a young girl, and there was some of that, too, and also of a young alien and all the other mm-hmm. madness going around. But it was Fish out of water, yeah. It wasn't without its its own commentary, but it had a context, and you felt like you were uh, growing to something. This feels like mm-hmm. something thrown at a wall, and it feels like the Doom Patrolling of this book. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Doom Patrol, especially under Gerard Way, but, uh, you know, even going you know back to uh, other people's runs, they like tend to make these broad statements about whatever, even if they're not high political statements or artistic statements, they tend sure. to make a statement, you know, and that's what this book is trying to do. And it's like, uh, just too much shitness, too small a bag. I think it's, uh, yeah, it's it really, good. it really was like, uh, it, it, there, there was no, there, there was no message. That's a, that's what I'm trying to say folks, unless there was unless, no story. I yeah, mean, it was just that's exactly. You know what I mean? Unless the message is, uh, you know, gender roles were stricter in 50s suburban America. I, you know what I mean? Like, that was being what but I even away like, with. What's the point? It, that, I mean, that, that, you have to wonder. It's like, one, is this a weird history lesson? I'm not I'm not really clear. So because, yeah, I mean, you and I, we we host a show called The Cosmic Treadmill, but that doesn't mean we can actually go back in time and write <laughs> un, un, injustices. Right. Right. It's, right. Right. It's like well, I mean, we get it. <laughs> that, that's you know what I mean, and it's almost and actually it's something you pointed out. I think in your written review hmm. is that the regular Shade book has comes with that life and honey, life, yeah, life with honey, right? Uh, the life with honey backups, backup. which are also you know, commentaries on gender roles, but it's it's more satirical and tongue in cheek. Where this book was that angry. The, that has the context of being a show from the fifties, from the fifties, looking like I Love Lucy, and actually pulling out more little like you know atomic age shit that. Uh, you know, the, that at least you let you know the context. This, I wish, I, 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 basically, I feel like this entire comic takes place in one room. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like, what happens? Like, nothing really happened. I don't understand. What, what were the stakes? What, what was the motivation? And what did we learn? Milk makes you into like a weird mid-century, uh, yeah. you know, EC Comics version of yourself. And 
That's not good. Okay, I I agree. Oh. That's not good. Let's end that. So I guess, I guess that's where we're going now, Chris. But <laughs> I feel like this was the this was one of the and it's unfortunate because this was our favorite book. She right? was like the old reliable of that the young a, animal that was line. Our young animal book and this. Yeah. But the heartening thing is that it doesn't feel like a young a shade book. It feels it like it got young it got doom patrolled as we've been saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, the art I got to got to give it high marks. The art was way great. different than Zarcone, but really nice. Or Zarconi, I might be saying that wrong. Hmm. Uh, really nice. Um, it's funny though. We also said that the Paisleys kind of. I kind of had to get used to the Paisleys being a little bit different. You know, yeah. like get used to being <laughs> so, a certain yes. way. I guess when you don't even know what they are, you kind of rely on them a visual identifier, and then, uh, you know. So when they change a little bit, you're like, oh, okay, I got to. It's, it's it's missing a little bit of the psychedelic charm that yeah. uh, Zarkon's work brings, but it's still it's still very very good. Uh, <laughs> Definitely appreciated the art here. Well executed, you know, just uh, yeah. coloring yeah. everything. Uh, you know, I, I would definitely wouldn't mind seeing this person on other books, young animal or otherwise, whatever sure. it is. Uh, maybe I'll even look uh, him or her up, Mirka and Dolfo, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think Mirka's actually done some uh, it's a familiar know, covers name. for DC yeah. recently. So uh, we'll see. Maybe you'll be seeing more of that. But. Why don't we reveal your score on the site for this? And uh, in your heart. It's my very first FU5. Whoa, he did it, folks. He got mad enough to do it. Me? I'm going to pull off of that. I'm not mad enough, but I think I'm going to go <laughs> in somewhat solidarity. I'm going to go 5.5. And the only reason I'm going to do that <clears throat> is I can't give a fuck you to the art. I really can't. It's uh, No, the art was great, nice. but it... It did too much. It did. It was. Uh, it did all the heavy lifting, but the the story. The story it. is. Yeah, the story is useless. Uh, if you can call it that. If this book was three bucks, I mean, it's crazy because I would. It, just like you said, I would never tell you to buy this book. But at three bucks Absolutely. for the art, you might get me up to a six. You know what I'm saying? I really am. Sure. Such, I'm such a. I'm such a conniver that way. You know what I mean? It's all about the money with me. It's like, <laughs> but it really is. Like for. Like don't forget, folks. This is a five dollar book. So $5. we're expecting something very special. And granted. It's not, you know, I think Chris and I had an idea this was going to be more of a crossover where, you know, people from the DCU could get a taste of Young Animal. Mm-hmm. It's not that, and that's that's not why we're mad, though. You know what I mean? That, no. That didn't drag, that didn't bring the score down at all. We see it for what it is now, and it really does seem to be, you know, let's let's show everyone how wacky we are. That's it. How yeah, very it's all, wacky it's and cool we are. So cute, yeah. Let's, uh, let's go shopping at Hot Topic. So... First, I have some good news that Chris does know, but then I have some news that isn't isn't really bad news, but it's going to be fun here on the Young Animal segment because I think it's going to make you very angry. Uh, the, good, the good news is is that Cave Carson has cybernetic eye and Swamp Thing uh, special number one is out next week. We do have our copies, so we can guarantee, and uh, that will be Milk Wars Part Four, right? Uh, then after that, we should wrap it up with the JLA Doom Patrol. Sorry, special number two. The news that I was that I really wanted to mention this week was that um, DC Collectibles put out their spring, summer, whatever the hell their next seasons of statuettes and toys, <laughs> and uh, there's a bunch of st- I you know as usual, Chris, everything on there you could care less about. They had they had a a line of Doomsday Clock toys. Like really, this is really. Do you realize oh. how annoyed people are that this thing got <laughs> delayed? You're gonna come out with toys. <laughs> you know, people get turned into effigies. Oh boy. But. The thing that really struck me and pissed me off I want to talk about here was that a special Batman black and white statue designed by Gerard Way 
is what? coming out this summer. That's right. A black and white. You, I mean, the black. Just so they know, black Batman Black and White was a first. It was backups, wasn't it? Then it was its own series. Yeah. Uh, awesome stuff, really, for the most part. It's it's really experimental takes on Batman. If you people don't know, this is going back now. Ten or more years, right? Jeez, I didn't. Yeah, I know the late nineties. I mean, wow. black and white, like that. they're old. Back yeah. a long time. So, uh, but now they kind of live in a uh, these statuette forms, and most of them are taken from the black and white stories. You know, mm-hmm. they'll have they had a Paul Dini one, they had a bunch of other ones, but this yeah, one, the Jim Lee one, uh, all sorts. Of- this one actually might be also. I don't remember if Gerard Way wrote a story. I don't think he did for black and white, but he got to design his own statue, Chris. Also a Joker statue. That's right. I didn't even get to. He did a Joker statue, too. So, folks, if you want to know why your fucking Doom Patrol 11 got delayed four <laughs> months and, and Doom Patrol 12 got taken off the table, it was for these statues, the fucking asshole. Well, well let's, let's, not, let's not put the cart before the horse. There's also a lot of T-shirts going into Hot Topic. Oh, my God. You know? And uh, mixtapes well, and lunchboxes uh, oh, and all sorts and of the great Very stuff that we're begging for. Big nonsense, you know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, I, t- I, was, I said it was going to make you mad. I ended up getting madder than you did. Just, you know, <laughs> you know, I knew what it was. But it really does piss me off. Like, buddy, why don't you get your comics done, and then we'll worry about your fucking black and white statue. And your mixtapes, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, what the hell's wrong with you? And you know, and I'm telling you, I, I am. I would, I would stand up in court saying it's, it's got to be Gerard Way, because like, absolutely. All, all I see is Nick Darrington cranking out gorgeous sketch after sketch after sketch. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's doing the Mister Miracle covers, and I'm telling you, the people are gonna snap him up. Uh, people are gonna mm-hmm. snap him up. DC's smart; they'll try to get Sign some more work out of him or exclusive yeah. or something. Uh, but I see him getting a lot of online love. Uh, yeah, he knows people, too. He's not brand new to the world or anything. Sure. But, uh, this, yeah. This, uh, this black and white Batman, it's no great shakes. Oh, it sucks. Uh, that, that's, not even, <laughs> that's not even the issue. The issue the, the issue of it sucking is not even the issue. That's not, I, if it was the greatest statue, I'd still be pissed off. Because that's you do that later. What are you, Jim <laughs> Lee? The curricula. Yeah. What do you, what do you, you, you you take off? You take off? You know your your regular work so you can go design a fucking statue? Get the Ridiculous. hell out of here! Ridiculous. I think I'm gonna go. I'm gonna drop into a, an Fu three now. <laughs> if there is such a thing, Fu Fu. Uh, up yours too. That really did. That really did annoy me on a personal level. Uh, so I was just like, you know, obviously if Doom Patrol was coming out, even if it was coming out like. Slightly delayed, you know. I might be like, ah, well, you know, he scheduled it quarterly and still delivered it quarterly. I wouldn't be mad. I'd be I just could live just with schedule that. it. I could live with that. Yeah. I mean, you, you saw this week, uh, Newsarama did another did another uh, bad turn Incredible to DC. journalistic. Yeah, uh, saying piece, that yes. saying that Doom Patrol is is uh, been resolicited four months late. It's not four months late though from this March. It's from four right months now. from when originally was supposed to happen, which granted is still very bad. But sure. we do still expect it by the now the end of March is, instead of the middle of March. And and as I said to Chris this morning, if they make it in March, I will consider it a success oh, on that on that level. <laughs> <laughs> even if it's fucking March 30th, I'll be like, all right, well, you made it. <laughs> you, even, not even Wednesday. Somehow you got to specially release it on the last day of March. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, uh, that, that, I mean... I see that. I, I just wonder what the future of young animal is, you know? And frankly, if it doesn't involve Gerard Way, I think I'm fine with that. That's fine. I don't mind. That's perfectly you know, fine. Off, do you make your music and, draw, and make your statues. But mm-hmm. 
you know, but let you, someone else write Doom Patrol. Let someone else write Doom Patrol. You took you took one of our favorite properties and you yeah. basically farted it away. You know what I mean? Like no. And, this is... all, and like I've said before, all it is is a tribute act to Grant Morrison. I mean, yeah. we can get anybody to do that. I'd almost you like and I could see, do that. I'd almost like to see someone come in and do a Kupperberg or Burn more straight comic style. You know what I mean? Like exactly. I, I, I the mean, is, is is an accoutrement instead of the entire platter. Just something, you know. I'm I'm, I'm not saying taking from them, but just looking at it like that's the way that people always try to outweird everybody themselves. Exactly. You know what I mean? Uh, where would it go if you just, uh, you know? And I don't know. Whatever. I, I don't want to. I don't want to say what story would be correct because. That's the unknown story, obviously, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. This the way this the way it's all the delays, you know, the delays. These things, these stories are poorly paced. They're coming down like a pile of bricks on a flight of stairs, like I like to say, yeah. or like something written in the dark or something. And because uh, because not all the concepts are bad. I don't like no. this shit concept uh, in no, Doom Patrol dumb. right now. No. I think it's stupid. Uh, I love the Dan the Ambulance. I sure. I don't really you know even though we bristled at Brother of Dot I didn't feel like he didn't earn it and I know I still feel that way I'd like to see them like the him having a a lot of things I like the little uh, gross thing with the uh, cassette player in the front yeah the Fug or whatever yeah and like that thing's that thing's gone now you know what I mean like we don't even yeah. we just see him kind of lurking around uh, but anyway there, there's stuff in there but it's not it's not being presented well and that's a damn shame Chris it is. But uh, on that note, next week we are still looking forward to Cave Carson. I should have done Cave Carson second. I should—that was the good news. I should have said the good news for <laughs> we'll last end with that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, next week we are going to come back for Cave Carson, a cybernetic guy, and Swamp Thing. I have not read it. Chris has. We won't be talking about it yet, though. We will not we be talking about. Don't it. want to reveal the amazing or non-amazing things within. So I think that's all we got from this week, Chris. Got anything else for him? I'll whet their appetite a little bit. The Cave and Swamp Thing book, we might actually get a retweet from the uh, from the creator on that. I know we won't. Ooh, but we could. Shame. We uh, could. That means that means positive things, but uh, that remains to be seen. So if I, that... I, I could have very well given this a ten out of ten to get a retweet. But I, I you know I think we might have to join the ten out of ten club. You know what I we mean? Might. We might. Have if to... you can't beat them, you join them. Just right? join them, you know. And next thing you know, you'll have keychains, <laughs> t-shirts. You'll be the, you'll be walking around the house. Finals, you'll be yeah. You'll be you'll be the uh, hipst- hippest hipster in uh, your house, I'm sure. You know, be- mm-hmm. between you and your uh, your dog. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'll never happen, folks. We're not going to do that. We'll you know no. we, we this is this is an ongoing discussion behind the scenes at Weird Science and among Chris and myself. And uh, you know when we. We score these things not lightly. You'd be surprised at how much talk goes on before Absolutely. numbers right. come down. Uh, you know, but we—it's not an easy ten out of ten like a lot of other. Places. Not at all. This is this is or an easy five out of ten either. You know, exactly. It's not an easy. It's not easy to go low either. In fact, it's re- it's really easy to come in that middle about it's a lot seven. Harder to go low. Yeah. Sevens are really <laughs> sevens are great. Come in really be like ah, this was a comic, and uh, you won't feel ripped off at the end. That's basically what that number is. Um. Anyway, too much, too much behind the curtain. So, <laughs> until next time, folks. I want you to keep it young and animalistic. See you.
segment on the weird science dc comics.com podcast my name is reggie my name is chris and we have now part four right yes mm-hmm. part four yes. of the milk wars young animals milk wars event this one comes in the form of swamp thing cave carson as a cybernetic eye special number one written by john rivera and magdalene visaggio does the backup art by langdon foss nick filardi sonny lou does the backup cover by I kind of put this here. Is it? Do you think it's Ryan or Ria? I think Ryan. Yeah. Boy. That's how I would say. All right. Ryan, I, my, I, I my, my, my brain wants to say Rian, but I do think. Me too. Is, <laughs> I think it is Ryan. R I A N Hughes. But uh, anyway, uh, that's fine. I, either way is uh, acceptable. I think in my mind. So let's jump right into R the issue. R Hughes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> R Hughes is fine. Uh, so in this comic, Cave Carson slightly off-register world has been. Milkified like the rest of them. It's all been homogenized and pasteurized and turned into sort of this, uh, I don't know, uh, mundane. Mundane look at American life. Yeah, very mid 20th century look at American life. Uh, although this one kind of has some allusion to the uh, uh, common era, but we'll get to that. Mm. He now works in an expensive cubicle farm where all the employees, including he and his daughter Chloe, wear brown sweater vests. And here she comes now, delivering a tray of elementary school milk cartons to the employees. Cave's wearing an eye patch and he's eager to drink the milk, but it doesn't agree with his stomach. Like, immediately he doubles yeah. over. He's feeling sick. Chloe suggests that Cave drink it. It's good for him. And she's joined by Jack, our pal, uh, with the uh, hockey mask, which is up right now, right? Or, you know, he, yeah. has, he has it down. He's wearing no, it. He's yeah. wearing it. He's looking good. Uh, she, he's wearing his wild dog hockey mask right here, but otherwise he wears a light blue polo shirt and indicating that he's a member of security. Uh, Cave's tummy is still gurgling. Chloe notices that her dad has a retcon pop star figurines of Wonder Wife and Father Bruce, and these are Funko Pops, essentially. In fact, completely. That's all they are. Absolutely. Uh, and that that would be the modern thing, the uh, you know Funko Pop collector craze. Uh, you can't even if you don't. I don't own one. I know you own a couple that you've been gifted, uh, yeah. but you can't be into comics without knowing about these things, right? It's, like, impossible. Oh, yeah, you get uh, bombarded. You every, comics. Everywhere. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there's a wall, I gotta say, it's, like... At least. Seven feet long and, you know, <laughs> seven feet high in my comic store of every kind in there. <laughs> so, Chloe suggests that Cave get Milkman Man to complete the set, and Cave can't remember getting the two figures he already has, but he agrees that he should complete the set. The trio set out for the cafeteria, now we see how tremendous this cubicle farm really is. It's more like a labyrinth. And mm. Cave's tummy's making some bad noises. ruh Along the way, Cave notices that other people have those same pop-star figurines, and he starts to feel like he's a bit of a bandwagon. Uh, Chloe disagrees, and she thinks they're pretty keen on their own. Uh, she says that they help us show the world who we are inside. Which is a, I'm sure that's a commentary on something. Right. Uh, Jack replies, "The brand maketh the man," as they used to say in Sunday school. And you know, I was gonna, you know, barf a bunch of stuff right here, but I think I'm gonna, we're gonna save it. That's we'll put a pin in it, Chris. We'll just keep marching on with the script. 
Works for me. <laughs> In the cafeteria, Cave looks like he's about to either puke or perhaps shit himself. And pretty much says as much while sweating profusely. We, we've all been there. Yeah. Uh, now suddenly, Cave's cybernetic eye bursts from a colleague's carton of milk and scampers up Chloe's sweater vest. And she exclaims something I'm sure... The writer patted themselves on the back for Rita H. Farr. Even though wasn't she a television star? Television star. But yeah, I guess you but, could be exclaiming. But it's cute. Yeah. It's cute. Uh, I, know, I know you often like to uh, exclaim, you know, uh, Will Smith. You know, I do. You, Will you, H. Smith. When you, when, you, when you stub your toe, you know, you just be. Terry H. Long. Oh, goodness. Well, that you might actually say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Excuse me. So, Cave jumps up and starts eating all the vegetables he can. He grabs stuff from the salad dispenser. It's like an automat. He actually punches one of the windows open to grab it. Uh, lettuce out of someone's sandwich. Even just munches someone's whole tomato. Then Cave Carson pukes up a massive amount of entangled green vines. And those vines whip around, attacking everyone but Jack and Chloe. When punctured, the people that they're attacking, they spray milk and deflate. Chloe tries to save one of her co-workers, then the greener reenacts the moment Cave Carson first met Swamp Thing from Swamp Thing's perspective, so we don't see him yet. And, uh, yeah, this is, we didn't see this before, but it's sort of like Swamp Thing is uh, taking over all their voices and just showing that they had made some sort of a deal when they first met, and this, this is, we'll learn more about that in a minute. Uh, when Cave made that deal with Swamp Thing, who, after crushing the last milk person into milk, uh, he manifests himself. Now, Jack runs up on him with a spork, but Swamp Thing wraps him in vines, forcing milk to pour from the holes in his hockey mask. Vines wrap around Chloe's legs, and he similarly spews milk from her eyes, nose, and mouth. And now they're cured of milk fever, and Chloe notices how lame her sweater vest is. Uh, Swamp Thing reminds the reader, uh, I mean Cave Carson, that they'd arranged for Swampy to hide in Cave's stomach. Because Swamp Thing wanted him to investigate Retcon Headquarters, which is now a squat building that fits in the palm of his hand. And I think this was in the last issue, but you have issue 12 of Cave Carson, right, Yeah, Chris? and I, I flipped through it, and it? I didn't see any. It's like it was all the uh, stuff with the wife robot and uh, then shaking his son's hand. and. That's right. Yeah, and it, and yeah. It, ended. Like it, it just said it, next Milk Wars, but there was next no milk tie wars, Yeah. Uh, I must have, you know, I just see so much crap in my life. You know what I mean? <laughs> so many preview images and promos. I just remember a scene where uh, Swamp Thing is holding Retcon in his hand. And, and Maybe it was cave. in an earlier issue. It might have been, been an earlier that, issue of Milk yeah. Wars, uh, or Could have been. Could have been. Or something else, some or, other comic. Yeah. But, uh or maybe I might have imagined it. But anyway, whatever it was, that's what happened. Somehow retcon, which I think is the building they're in, right? It's also he's holding it up on the sand. Anyway, it was not really clear on that. But it uh, seems they had dreamers inside of the retcon headquarters screaming for help inside from inside the building and uh, then got abducted by retcon, uh, meaning Cave, Chloe, Jack, and uh, Swamp Thing in a way which we'll tell you about in a minute. Uh, Cave sent his cybernetic eye into hiding, and Swamp Thing went into his belly. And that's how he got smuggled into Redcon in the first place, you see. But mm -hmm. I just have to say, Chris, Swamp Thing's an avatar of the green, so he exists wherever plant life exists, right? That's Everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. And as far as I know, this has been true for every version since Alan Moore, even though little bits have changed, that aspect that he can grow himself out of a Leaf. Out of a bean, yeah. A bean, anything. Uh, yeah, he goes out of leaves and fruits when severed from the roots, so why did he have to come in cave stomach? Why didn't he just, like, 
I mean, they have vegetables in the cafeteria, so anyway, that's all. Yeah, they didn't. He didn't need stomach acid. For that's that. what I'm saying. I don't. I don't understand <laughs> why, but maybe maybe someday we'll learn. I have no idea. <laughs> Well, we'll put a pin on that, and then we'll have a bunch of milk people busting through the door, and they start organizing to get our heroes. Seems one of the main orders is to kill Wild Dog, which, that ain't cool. No, it's kind of harsh. Yeah. Like, why? It is. Why point out poor uh, poor Wild Dog? Now, uh, while Chloe and Cave escape through the air ducts, Swamp Thing and Wild Dog beat down the milk people. Before she leaves, Swamp Thing gives her a glowing golden rose so he can find them anywhere they go. But now again, Chris, he could come up on any plant matter. So mm-hmm. he could have given her a bean, could have given her a leaf of lettuce, anything. Uh, could have just counted on there being something around them later on. Sure. You know what I mean? Which is not, which would be not unlikely. Instead of like this delicate glowing flower when they're trying to hide, right? Yeah. They're, they're trying to be, uh, you know, inconspicuous. And here's basically a light bulb she's got to wear behind her. Either, but. <laughs> Yeah, it's like you can't just put the little bean in your pocket. That's and all. That seems like the easiest pie to me. <laughs> Whatever. Cave and, Cave and Chloe rappel into some kind of forgotten archive of Rekton's offices. While there, Cave's cybernetic eye looks for the location of the dreamers trapped within. Meanwhile, on a nearby television, the origin of Redcon spontaneously plays. Seems they were a fire-breathing golden slug aliens that brought Jesus Christ to Earth and marketed his crucifixion. Yeah, I, I, I gotta be honest, Chris, uh, my word balloons on this page were empty, which actually happens in my comp sometimes. The uh, lettering drops out, and I don't, mm. I don't re, I don't re-download it, so... No. <laughs> I, I took this all by visuals, which I got to say might have been the best way to take it. If you look at that page, it's kind of it's kind of fresh. It's got the Last Supper with Jesus and looks like yeah. a bunch of aliens. Looks like he's marrying somebody or some dude or something. Yeah, uh, when, when you make a comic, it's, you should be able to look at it and, and kind of know what's going on. So Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'll, leave, I'll leave it there, yeah. <laughs> now, the point of it is, is uh, they, they, we're thinking that, that this retcon outfit has been around for a long time right. guiding humanity to wherever it is and is going or was or that might be the unclear part but uh <laughs> they've been around at least 2000 years right since Jesus yes. Jesus yes. time so that's the idea uh meanwhile though Chloe's wandered off and the glowing rose is still glowing behind her ear and she's also smoking something and yeah. giving off a pink smoke which I, did you that wasn't explained unless it was in the uh, parts where I didn't have words in my books. <laughs> but I don't know. That seemed strange to me, but fine. Uh, she sees a Superman star pop, says she'll save that for Dad after destroying Retcon. Uh, then she's attacked by a star pop figurine of herself. Back to Cave in his eyeball, he can now see the totality of what Retcon controls. And that would be you know, basically everything, even our dreams. They're, they're in charge mm-hmm. of everything that we know and see around us. Cave sees a grinning milkman man in the reflection of his cybernetic eye, and then a scream from his daughter breaks him out of his reverie, and now Star Pops are attacking Cave, too. He grabs a Superman Star Pop, cracks it open, and there's ground meat inside, squirting blood all over him. An explosion from above sends some green water showering on Cave and Chloe, and then Swamp Thing plops down next to them in pieces. Chloe asks what did that to him, Swampy points, and it's Wild Dog, flanked by three mutated team members, back under the control of Retcon. There's tech hidden in Jack's mask that's keeping him mind-controlled. And now this sort of reminded me of, like, Street Sharks kind of stuff. 
<laughs> right? Like a like a wild dog. Wild dog. <laughs> Bam, nah, nah, here he comes. He's the wild dog. You know what I mean? And it's like uh, he comes out. He's throwing milk dog bone biscuits everywhere as he descends yeah. from the ceiling while shooting. His cronies are an eight-armed humanoid louse, I think, or some kind of a tick. Would you say yeah. maybe a bed An insectoid bug? type thing, yeah. Something gross. Uh, a very ripped blue man bat that looked very extreme to me. And a mm-hmm. red snake guy in sunglasses with a machine gun. So it definitely seemed like a bunch of radical dudes on uh, Wild Dog's team. Yes. Then there's fighting. Indeed. Uh, Cave has some cans of bug spray that he uses to take down the Louse Man. Uh, Swamp Thing punches Wild Dog's mask off of him, breaking the retcon spell. Also breaking his ribs in the process, but a Swampy provides a vine compress to keep Jack held together. Uh, and the cybernetic eye has found the location of the Dreamers. They're actually in the Human Resources Department. That's waka, where they always waka, hang waka. out. Yeah. Yes. Uh, now, well, uh, there, rows and rows of filing cabinets contain human beings. Uh, a host stuck to their heads with drawing their, uh, probably their dreams, right? We're going to go with that? We're going to go with dreams, I think. Okay. Yeah, it seems that way. <laughs> Some are humans, says Swamp Thing. And some are more than that. Swampy is crumbling under the psychic weight of the dreamer, so he whips up a little mistletoe-looking plant. Jack burns it with an aerosol can blowtorch, and everyone breathes deeply the fumes of this new drug Swamp Thing literally created just two seconds ago. Yeah, that's very safe. Can I go two, ten minutes without getting high? Always. Mm-hmm. They're always doing something <laughs> getting, to get their rocks off in this book. Absolutely. Uh, it's, like, it's, it's ridiculous. But also... Swamp Thing having psychic sensitivity. I mean, you're pushing it. It's just, it's not really a thing, but okay. I'll you know we'll let it go. <laughs> it's like why? Why? It's just like oh, I can't get all these thoughts out of my mind. Why? Just like uh, yeah. that was never a problem before, but uh, here he is. So feeling the pain of these people, artists and poets, of course, all being mined for their precious dreams, which are then commodified and sold to us. I think we get the idea what's going on here. Yeah, they're available uh, in Hot Topic, right? Exactly. You know, all those all those uh, young animal T-shirts are all sold by Redcon, and uh, <laughs> then someone yanks the plug, and everyone feels like a spiritual death or something. They feel really mm-hmm. uh, crummy. Not really sure what happens here, but this is when Cave records his plea into his cybernetic eye. This is the one that we'll hear at the end of the uh, other two issues. The previous issues, The previous three issues of Milk Wars, basically the same thing. So while milk people bang on the door of human resources, Wild Dog suggests they grind up the dead bodies here so he can make fertilizer for a bomb. And Cave thinks that's a fantastic idea. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some dead bodies are stacked into bowls, a bowl created by Swamp Thing, and then covered and grounded to compost, I guess. And it's like, aren't they mining their dreams, Chris? I yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't know they were dead. <laughs> Why? Uh, Chloe takes the golden rose from behind her ear and places it with the corpses. This is a rose that actually disappeared for a bunch of pages, but that's all right, I guess. Uh, Continuity. Hey. <laughs> uh, she put it in her back pocket while she was fighting. She didn't want to, sure. get, didn't want to get crushed. Uh, Jack ch- chucks a bug spray can bomb at the compost that blows out the wall of retcon headquarters. Chloe's surprised to find that it's daytime. She said it's like a casino. You don't know what time of day it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cave gives Chloe his cybernetic eye and tells him they should go. The mighty moles hidden in a pocket dimension, retrievable by her transponder, transponder which is very, very convenient. Uh, Cave says he has to stay to make sure the building's destroyed. And besides, she's going to get the help of the rest of the young animal folks and JLA, Batman, and Wonder Woman, we guess, right? I think so. The theory? I don't, <laughs> I'm not sure what we'll see. Um, 
When Swamp Thing flies them away on some leafy wings, Cave opens the door up to the folks outside, and a bunch of misshapen monsters and devils now, no longer just people, they're like, got three heads and whatever mutants, else, you know, yeah. you know, mutants, and Cave tells them to take him to their leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, back up again goes. This is actually Eternity Girl breaks the fourth wall again. Uh, yeah, again Eternity Girl due out March fourteenth. That's really all it is. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, yeah, uh, this issue. The good, the good of it is that I finally feel like I understand a little bit about what's going on. Uh, not the hows, but I see that retcon. What they are, I really wasn't clear what they were doing this whole time mm-hmm. and what was happening. I knew they were giving people milk, but I didn't know why why that was happening. But I guess that is a reality that they're selling uh, yeah. to people. It's a and product, and yeah. the way they're making that product is by sucking the dreams out of the brains of creative people. Why that makes them dead, or if that makes them dead? Or if they are, yeah, or if they are dead already, I don't, yeah. Maybe it's a certain time that after time they're dead. I don't know. Uh, mm. And it's, uh, you know, the the hows, like I say, not really sure how they turn those dreams into lovely milk. Maybe that's something we'll see in the last issue. <laughs> <clears throat> but that was that was the good part. Uh, the bad part is this is just the same. Everything else. Same kind of thing, yeah. You know, one thing that I thought was was unusual for the rest of the series is the art in this, while I, I didn't personally love it, I do think it's okay. I thought it was really wrong for this story, uh, mm-hmm. just for both these characters and for what the darkness of the story. It's way too playful and, like, fun and, you know, thick. And, you know, it's just not that kind of a book, I felt like. this. Uh, I'm actually looking at the page here where Wild Dog descends from the hull, though, with his, uh, yeah. his team. And like it, it looks pretty good. You know what I mean? It's, it's, mm-hmm. uh, Langdon has chops. Obviously, he's not like yeah. uh, you know an amateur, an amateur. But I just don't think this was the book to for me to first see him on. Uh, beyond that, yeah, it just sort of slides along like a ton of bricks. Uh, you know, yeah. it's just more doom patrolling of this uh, these other books, and it doesn't feel like a Cave Carson book at all. Chloe, besides looking totally different, also behaves totally differently the whole yeah, time. Yeah, it's a different character. Uh, same thing with Wild Dog. Even when Wild Dog gets his mask knocked off, he seems more like himself when he has the mask on. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know what that's about. It was the regular writer uh, with John Rivera, right? Uh, yeah. With input by Gerard Way and stuff. Clearly, and yeah. Steve Orlando, but... It just didn't work for me that much. It wasn't horrible, and the context of Milk Wars probably is one of the best issues. I would still say, though, I think Mother Panic would be the singularly Isn't that crazy? I know. Yes. So far, the singularly best issue of the series, if you just— Mother Panic. I don't know why anyone would ever want to read one issue of the series, but if you did, that would be the one That's to the one that we point you to. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, get, I get the idea from the tone of this is— like what I said when we first saw this artist, uh, I said that he reminds me of like a an Adult Swim cartoon. Yeah. And uh, I, I think like this young animal like almost fancies itself an Adult Swim take on comics. I guess. Where yeah, it's just I gonna be throwing that. everything at the wall and hey, look how wacky and random we are and how anti-authority we are, even though Warner Brothers is paying both of us. Yeah. Um, really. I it's. Just this whole thing has been very disappointing. But, but you know, I mean, the disappointing thing is that 
Mother Mother Panic, for example, isn't a wacky book. You know what I mean? No, it's, it's, it's sort of a dark noir creepy book. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, much more straightforward. Shade is a psychedelic book. It's not wacky mm-hmm. in the same way. It's like yeah. by instilling this sort of like oh corporate logos and you know what I mean boing boing mm-hmm. modern society like that's a Doom Patrol thing and mm-hmm. you're just shoehorning it on these other properties and I don't think it's I don't think it's really fair to them. I don't think it's a good reputation representation no. of what they are. Uh I think at its core the idea of milk making people into cornball pastiches of themselves is not horrible, but I'm not enjoying the way it was presented. So no, uh I ended up giving it a six point five out of ten and frankly I feel like I came in a little high. I think you did, yeah. I I'd probably do six uh, a hard six on it, but uh Definitely, uh, worlds better than that shade we read last week, and uh, yeah. but uh, definitely not as good as the Mother Panic we read the week before that. Um, this, if if this was Cave Carson number thirteen, this would be the worst issue of that series. Oh, for sure, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. A series that actually did kind of wear on us towards the end, but we, I, sure, it was very samey, but it was the the quality was. I left up. I left that with positive feelings. You know sure, I mean? like they did a pretty good job. Kind of ran a little long in the tooth, but. Uh, yeah, this is not. I would say. I mean, if your cave is coming back with an interstellar eye, right? That's what it was. Or yeah, like this. yeah, I think so. Uh, I think that's coming next month. So next month, just hang in there, folks. It's uh, it'll be back, and we'll you read that. And I think I'm almost positive Oming is on it. And I think so. I know yeah. John Rivera is writing it. So uh, yeah, hopefully it'll be more. It'll be back to what we expect to see. But so far, this Milk Wars event has been not so great. But I have good news for you, Chris. It's a, mm. it's going to end. Yes. Next week is the uh, end of the uh, Milk Wars with JLA Doom Patrol Special Number Two, and as of this recording, we do have the comics, though it uh, exists. We haven't read them. I haven't read mine. Me either. No. So I don't know what happens in it. So it's going to be a mystery. So uh, we'll come back next week. We will wrap this up, and then I'm not sure when those other comics come out, but like I said, the Young Animal line is returning to life, so... We know at least Eternity Girl is coming out on March 14th, and I saw... (laughs) I think it was a... I think Becky Cloonan is doing a cover for Shade the Changing Woman. I saw that, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and uh, that, that had a date in March on it, so that's coming out probably either the week before or... No one, I'll look probably the same week as Eternity Girl. Who knows, yeah, the, but, way these, uh, the way Young Animal does it, they can all come out in the same week. The same day, yeah. Damn it. But uh, hopefully soon. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll be back on that when they come around. But before that, we'll do JLA Doom Patrol special number two, and mm. uh, that'll be next week. But I think that's all we got from Chris. Got anything else for him? Nope, that's it. Well, until next week, folks, I want you to keep it young and animalistic. See ya. Standing by the highway. Waiting in the rain Standing by the highway Waiting in the rain Although the sun is shining Still that bring me Once in every lifetime
everybody, welcome back to the Young Animal segment on the WeirdScienceDCComics.com podcast. My name is Reggie. My name is Chris. And we are now at the sloppy, curds-filled, right, conclusion of Milk Wars, the Young Animal event. The fifth part is, uh, we're going to talk about that this week, and that was Doom Patrol Justice League of America special number one. Uh, written by Steve Orlando and Gerard Way, art by Dale Eaglesham, Nick Derrington, Tamara Bonvillain, and Marissa Louise. So we open on one of these, like, this is really a more blatant Grant Morrison ripoff, right, Chris? I think this was... Yeah. Peeled, this seems like it was peeled right out of that uh, multiversity event that he did. <laughs> like, the, I remember there being one one issue, sort of like this with all this, like... Uh, Biblical-sounding captions around uh, yeah. That's what it is It's about Rita Farr and her suffering uh, The details will prove to be Unimportant later, but she does have A kind of crown of worms That's exciting for you <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so but that, that gets peppered, and we'll mention it But I'm not going to go into the details of it Because I don't think they're important at all Probably not Meanwhile, at the retcon offices in Final Heaven That's the, uh, that's the one after Koopa Right? I think so. He's up to final heaven. Uh, Cave is being tortured by Milkman Man using his heat vision. He wants another location of that cybernetic eye, but and if you remember, Cave ditched it at the end of the last issue when he had Swamp Thing and Chloe, uh, Swamp Thing carry Chloe and Jack to safety. Uh, Cave doesn't know where the eye is, and he's not lying, but we know where it went. It went through the various uh, issues of this comic. And at the end of them, told everyone, you know, come on along, we gotta save the whatever the hell it is. I I never felt bad for a cybernetic eye before, but knowing <laughs> that I went through those three issues, oh, God help him. Hey, he had some trouble with some of them too, right? He was. Oh, he was so really... did we. <laughs> uh, so Milkman Man uh, wants to know also where Swamp Thing and Cave Car- Cave Carson's crew are. He's got a whole bunch of questions, frankly. He wants to know a lot of things. Uh, he learns that this is retcon, so Cave can be killed, or he warns this is retcon. Cave can be killed, brought back, and killed again infinitely. Then Cave's cybernetic eye comes streaking into retcon at brilliant speed, and Milkman Man catches it in his right hand. And now he's going to find out where everyone else went. Uh, they all pour into the room thanks to some sort of uh, dimensional rift. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll just go ahead and say that the cybernetic guy is responsible sure, whatever, for that. Whatever that was, uh, cybernetic guy <laughs> did it. That's fine. <laughs> we'll always just write it off to the eye. Uh, now, Milkman Man is, a mo- is annoyed to see them, but Crazy Jane says he's in as much he's as much a victim of retcon as anyone else, and she'd like to help him. Milkman Man, on the other hand, he just likes to fight. He's he's not in the mood to talk. No. Uh, now, a mutated bovine soldier crashes through the wall, wielding a flamethrower-ish weapon, right? Something, or I guess it's a milk squirter. I don't really, I, I don't remember him shooting it. It's just holding this yes, weapon the whole time. Yes, it's a, it's a firing weapon of some kind, some we kind. think. Uh, now, meanwhile, Lord uh, Manga Khan, if you remember him, he's annoyed that the reality that he wanted to buy isn't quite ready yet. Uh, he mentions that the passion play designed to keep Rita Far captured is barely holding on. And we get a little bit more of that incredibly indulgent crap from that first page. It's like that the worm crown. I thought it was like fingers coming out of her forehead. Oh, it's sure. very, uh, very bizarre. It, it's right. It's <laughs> the, the most disturbing part of the image. And as far as like the way it's drawn, it is sort of interesting, but uh, it's really super indulgent. And again, yeah. 
it doesn't impact. I mean, as a, the object it here doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Rita Farr is in a holding state, and spoilers, she will become folded into the place later. Uh, so all this is just this indulgent nonsense. It doesn't mm-hmm. have any. Uh, you know, import to the character. She doesn't come out of it shell shocked or with any sort of like or affected in any way. Affected. She's just back. She's just yeah. back. So anyway, we you know we'll we'll get to that when we get to it. So for now, we'll cut right back to the action. There's plenty of it. Folks are scrapping everywhere. Cliff mentions he's not even the real Cliff Steele. He's has no reality to return to. Uh, he's sort of a fan fiction extrapolation of Cliff Steele over many versions, and uh, this will be important later on. While Milkman Man tussles with Wonder Woman, Casey Brink appeals to him. Says he's been lied to by Retcon because he's really her son, birthed by Terry Nunn. Uh, looks like Terry Nunn died in Doom Patrol 11, or will die in a future issue that's already detailing past events. We'll find out when that issue comes mm. out. If that issue comes out. In the Retcon office, things are going so haywire that a mug of milk falls to the table. Now you know it's serious. This is the last straw, apparently, because the mustachioed toady offers Lord Lord Manga Khan his reality for free if he scrubs it clean of the weirdos. And speaking of weirdos, there's some more Rita Farr nonsense. Now she's being crucified. So how about that? Uh, How's that for imagery for you? You like that? There you go. Now, meanwhile, the fighting continues, and some unlikely alliances are formed. We got Keeg, the negative entity, getting along pretty well with Lobo. (laughs) Carl Lobo. Yeah, Uh, that's right. The Ray Ray provides some light construct armor in order to protect Cave Carson, and Wonder Woman's got the bovine soldier by the horns. Within this chaos, Casey and her son, Milkman Man, continue their chat. Manga Khan calls his boss, Mr. Nebula, to see what he thinks of Redcon's offer. And uh, Nebula says, no dice. <laughs> and uh, Manga Khan leaves. I mean, he's just going to, like, suck the whole, like, import out of that whole secondary yeah. plot. And, Chris, it, so is Manga Khan the guy that was cut out due to copyright reasons for those other issues that we thought must be some allegory to Thor? You know, I don't, I don't, they couldn't be, it's right? Because I mean, clear. does does Keith Giffen own that, that trademark? But, but also, I like the profile was was very different. I thought there was yeah. all the reason we thought it was Thor was there was this whole headdress, the horn, yeah, the like the, uh, the feather horn things on the, that, because, yeah. Because there was a silhouette, we couldn't really tell what it was, but we knew there was something up there. <laughs> uh, There's a protrusion, exactly. You know. Uh, so, but now I'm getting the impression that it was Lord uh, Megacon the whole time, and it's like... What? Maybe they didn't know so when what, they wrote that. What was the... Maybe, which makes it even worse, frankly. Or, <laughs> right. or if they, if that was the case, they should have said, well, we got to put something on his head here for narrative reasons, you know? Right. But then beyond that, then... So all of that, all that shit that was confusing us was for nothing. It's it was pointless. nothing. In the end, yeah. he backs out of the deal and walks away, so what the he hell is the leaves. damn point? No, no, no punches thrown. He Nothing. leaves. I was just like, ah, oh, what is this? Fucking the worst timeshare offer I ever saw in my life. <laughs> Two weekends a year. Now, uh, now the fight has burst into the office where the toady was doing business, and now it's time to follow the emergency action plan. This plan is the ultimate failsafe: a final refresh button that will reset reality. Oh yes. Yeah, oh, that old chestnut. Now we know where this is going. Uh, all this time, Casey and Milkman Man continue to have their heart-to-heart. 
When the Toadie presses this refresh button, Rita Farr is freed from her weird prison for some reason. Okay, that's fine. Sure. Uh, then we see someone put a coffee mug on Morrison's map of the DC multiverse, leaving a coffee ring on it. This scene ha- seems to happen independently of anything else in the comic book, maybe. Right? It's on the cover too. I, it was on. It was on the Cave Carson yeah. cover. So uh, it actually goes back to something Gerard Way said that the young animal world was as if a coffee ring was on a map of the multiverse, which sounds very cool, but actually means nothing at all. Nothing. It just I don't, means he really wanted to play with uh, Grant Morrison's map. Why couldn't he be an Earth in the multiverse? Why? That's yeah. unclear. He decided he wanted to be coffee ring because that coffee is a cool drink. Uh, although it's actually a hot drink, I was wrong. Anyway, so uh, reality <laughs> is burning in from the edges. It looks like kind of like when film gets caught in the projector and melts away on screen. Is that even a thing anymore? I don't think anyone. I don't think modern <laughs> modern audiences know what that is, but it is. It was a thing. Film uh, is just something you scrape off your teeth. Exactly right. right. <laughs> yeah, it's a digital. We don't, we don't worry about that kind of distortion. So uh, Milkman Man is re- reconnected with his mom Casey, and they hug as the world ends. Yeah, and everyone kind of hems and haws about what to do next. But Batman knows who can save the day. And that man is Flex Mentalo, using his power of muscle memory or muscle mastery or whatever the hell it is. Right. Uh, (laughs) More specifically, his inflation intensity ability, which will reset the universe again. Right. And that's preferable because uh, I'm sure there are reasons. We just don't know what they are. Um, Now, despite not knowing how this will affect Cliff Steele, they decide to do it anyway. They all turn into, like, big inflated balls, which I'm sure, like, a lot of people on DeviantArt do fetish art about. Uh. Uh, Like, like if everyone was uh, from the same planet of Bouncing Boy of the Legion, so just big balloon pieces. Just like a big round thing with a head on it, basically. With a head on it, like arms just wobbling. Yeah. Uh, Now, then... uh, Rita Farr emerges from a milk bath or something, right? I think, to be honest, uh, yeah, uh, that's... I think, and it's some it's some viscous milk. It might be like yogurt. It might be no. It definitely definitely does seem. I mean, it's definitely not uh, one or two percent. It's got to be no. whole or possibly <laughs> even more. Skim. Yeah. It could be a half and half. But yeah, it, it is some pretty slimy milk. It's heavy uh, whipping. So okay, that's how sure. she that's how she comes back to the world, and then she actually like shakes it off later on. Uh, after a totally wasted page of like almost no art, there's a page of three panels preparing us for. The Young Animal Reboot. That's right, folks. This whole Ooh, We needed thing. one of those. Uh, we were so deep into the continuity of Young Animal, we needed to uh, to reboot, right? To clarify yeah, for these, new readers. These numbers were getting too high. They were getting crazy with it. Everything was incomprehensible. Yeah. Everything was spinning out of control, and we needed to entice new readers with new number one issues in a rebooted universe. So uh, we see, drawn by their own artists, uh, yes. Mother Panic, who will be in future Gotham, apparently. So what uh, happened to Fennec Fox? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe with this, uh, we can only hope that will come up. Uh, I mean, I wonder, was her mother dead? There, there, there is some question here, but I, it's something that did not need to happen. In a, you know, no. Mother Panic and combo characters can go to the future. It happens all they the can. time. You know what I mean? That could have been... In the past. That could have been an arc, you know what I mean? Instead of a reboot of a title. Same thing with Cave Carson's going to have space adventures in Cave Carson's Interstellar Eye. Don't know why I needed a title change. I don't see what, what was stopping yeah. Cave Carson from going into space. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and Shade, uh, I guess, might be a little older. Hard to tell what changes. She's going to be Shade the Changing Woman. Sure. 
So all these characters, are gonna, like we say here, are drawn by the regular series artist, which is a cool little little tiny nugget, and I do mean tiny. But it, I I was kind of I was kind of glad to see a little. Uh, these guys get a little work. I don't know. A little play, yeah. <laughs> and then Eternity Girl, she gets a page too. So for the last pages, we switch over to Nick Darrington on art. All yeah. this series, uh, all the series characters are standing around at Happy Harbor, literally just milling about. <laughs> yeah, they're just there. Just standing around at Rita Farr. That's when she shows up. She kind of floats in and, like, rushes off her milk. She's got, like, a three-quarter trench, uh, red trench coat now. She looks very, very fashionable. Cliff Steele's become human. Kind of looks like Homer Simpson in a way. A bit. Like a human Homer Simpson wearing the same motorcycle jacket and T-shirt as when he was a robot. Uh, developed a nice porn stash too, so that's uh, creepy. Yeah, it is. Larry's thrilled to see him, which was that little scene was nice that Larry wasn't, you know, was still like, I'm so glad to see you, even though you're totally different. Everyone else is also <laughs> very welcoming. Welcoming. Casey and Wonder Woman have a private talk about stuff that, you know, after you and I talked about it, like, what did that scene mean? Does it mean Casey's it doesn't the mean new anything, control? right? Yeah. I read it. I read it two more times. I was like, maybe Chris is right. I, I, I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't get anything out of it. I was like. All right. They they're basically, you know, saying, you know, believe in yourself and, you know, care bear stare. That's really That's all I can figure out. I was like, I don't see this leading to any decision, you know what I mean? It's just it just basically what it told me was Casey Brink and Wonder Woman are buddies or they, they know they, they know they're yeah, they're they're on they're on good terms. There's some right sort now. of a shared moment there, so Whatever, that's a, that's a page of them chatting, and then we're done. It's a decent splash page at the end by uh, Nick Sherrington, sure. marred by necessary but unfortunate copy, but it's got a picture I would like to see unmarred by all the word balloons and uh, sure. titles and stuff. Also, you mentioned the splash page where uh, the whole team comes out of that rift. That yeah. double-page splash by Dale Eaglesham, really nicely done, and... Again, like almost all of these series, the art is really good. Uh, oh, sure. Daily yeah, these guys are wasted on this. Very much so. Uh, I mean, Daily Eaglesham is one of our favorites. Uh, oh, yeah. Also really good. Daily Eaglesham, now that I'm just thinking about it, is really good at drawing weird stuff like Secret Six, you know what I mean, and stuff like sure. that. Like, he can draw odd stuff, and, and this was sort of in his wheelhouse for that. The coloring was really tight, I thought, throughout. You know, I like Nick Darrington, so I was glad to see him back. But, mm-hmm. uh... What a total pile of junk. I can't tell you how mad I was when I realized that this whole thing was for a reboot. Uh, An undeserved, unwarranted... Unearned, unnecessary... Unnecessary reboot. And they they charge you 25 bucks for the privilege, folks. Right. To fucking watch (laughs) a reboot in slow motion. A a stupid reboot for no reason than, I I have to assume, Gerard Way's ego. Uh, Chris and I were kind of talking about this issue a lot this week. And Chris made a great comment of, like, this is like a story you write when you're in junior high school. and. You think of the climax, but you don't want to. You don't want to write the boring stuff. You just want to. You re- just want the. You just want to write the, the, yeah, yeah. the 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 fight on top of the uh, waterfall, right? You know the, <laughs> <laughs> the, the 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 big the big moment. So you don't write that. You're like this. This is a imprint. This is these are series that uh, you know have not earned this sort of moment. They, they, uh, there's no import here at no. all. I mean, the only book in this run, in this in this whole line, that could be looked at as being important is the one that never ships. Right. So it's like, yeah. and we're going to reboot a book that never ships? That's ridiculous, yeah. It's like you haven't even gotten the, the kinks worked out on that one book. Yeah. Which is supposed to, I mean, we're still waiting for the issue that was supposed to kick this off. That comes before this. That comes before yeah. this. So it's like you, you totally fucked it up. I think, you, you know, you 
they put the reboot cart before the horse, as they as would say. Uh, I mean, in general, Chris and I are not fans of reboots anyway. No. But, you know, when no. DC rebooted after 50 years, in sure. Christ, I'm talking about the first time, or even Crisis, when yeah. they did it again in 75, it's like, well, they have been around for 50 years, you know? Yeah. Uh, there, <laughs> there might be some barnacles be to scrape off. Yeah. Young animals, like, it's a two, two-year-old imprint, you know, to be, it's, to be a break. It's only had 12 issues mm-hmm. of each book. So it's a, a one, one of them, year. not even that much. So <laughs> one is only ten. Um, very disappointed in this whole thing. Makes me wish I didn't rate the first one so high, but I was feeling optimistic, and I we think tried I was to be optimistic. Which I, is, I think that's a testament to our reviewing that this we're not just shit, bullshitting this because it's garbage. Oh, it's no. our our we were optimistic about this because. We genuinely feel something for this imprint, and when it went on hiatus, we were worried that you know we were never going to see it again. Yeah. And oh, yeah. here we are, and it's, and here they are pissing on our legs and telling us it's raining. It's just garbage. We're both fans of, of 90s Vertigo comics and 80s. Sure. You know those what became Vertigo comics. We love Doom Patrol. Uh, we we read uh, Shade the Changing Man and. and mm-hmm. uh, we like all Animal that stuff. Man, all that, all we, that stuff from the proto Vertigo. Exactly, yeah, Hellblazer and whatever, and and uh, was yeah. came later. And so, so we like weird comics, and we're ready for weird comics. Now we're looking for this to be uh, Green Lantern, but it did not even doing the nuts and bolts of making comics on time and making comics engrossing. Uh, it's it's just not. It was not right. Like I say, like if they wanted to change, you know, mother, they want to send Mother Panic into the into the future for a while. She go could ahead. do that, Mother Panic number thirteen. Yeah, go ahead. So, you know, yeah. or that can th- I can think of three ways off the top of my head right now that would justify it in comic book sense, and I'm sure you can come up with a dozen more if you if you Absolutely. keep going. Uh, it's that's a typical comic book thing, but now it's going to become a thing. And then what happens if she want if she wants to come back to the present? Is it going to become another reboot? Another of- number one, yes. Yeah, but uh, you know, I think we're kind of in the minority in some ways there, Chris, because I see a lot of more people uh, supporting the number one issues uh, online. I don't know, maybe that doesn't. Yeah. It, it really. Well, I think it, I think we've reached a point where uh, it's it's pretty fashionable now to be the backlash against the backlash. Right. So when you complain about like, oh, another number one, like this new Marvel thing, it's like, well, I don't see the problem with it. Yeah. It's like, well. Well, how about you just stop? <laughs> you know, it's it's not all about the numbers, sure, but if you want people to find these damn things, I mean, you go to a comic store. It's like I want I want Shade Number One. It's like, well, which one? Exactly. <laughs> and, and help and, me out and, here. And even even as someone that reads comics, sometimes I don't know the answer to that question. Exactly. I'm like, I don't. It's I was but, hoping. Well, it's the same creative team. It's the same price. You know. And then you'll be like, well, let me start at the beginning. It's like, well, do you want the Ditko issues? And it's like, wait, what are you talking about? I just want to fucking read Shade <laughs> the Chimney. You know what I mean? Like, what is going on? Uh, you're just making things more difficult, and uh, I don't think it's necessary. This doesn't feel like quote unquote a season change. Although I guess given the long arcs of uh, Shade and Cave, we could we could argue it, but. Uh, Anyway, I, I I think it's bullshit. It's the it's the price. It's, uh, it's the price. It's the administrations we went through. Five dollars each. The yeah. fact that we didn't get a, good, a proper lead into it. The only saving grace of this whole event is that, and I'll even say that the the swamp cave thing art, like I said, I didn't I didn't hate it. It just wasn't right for that issue. But the art was good. It but was the art was good. Art. The art of the other issues is great. It's some I didn't really think it's some oh, of yeah. the better creative teams they've worked with, but just flat out not worth the price. However. 
Good news for you folks. These will be finding their way to the uh, 50 cent bin in about six months. Oh, yeah. So very, very soon. Just very hang back and you'll be able to, uh, for 50 cents, it might be worth some of these to look at the just art. Just for the art. You can, you, can cut the, you can cut the pictures out exactly. and put them on your wall. Exactly. You can cross out. You can put a black marker to the dialogue. So uh, <laughs> I gave this a fuck you five out of ten. And if I, if I could do it, I'd give that to the whole series. I would have gone back yeah. and changed my score in the beginning. But, uh, yeah, this whole thing is a total ripoff. Uh, very, uh, very unhappy with it. What about you? How do you feel, Chris? Oh, well, I was going to give this a please retweet me Gerard Way Street team out of ten. Oh, okay, right. But yeah. uh, but or please send me free stuff DC out of ten. But uh, I uh, I'm not gonna go the the regular reviewer out. It, it's 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 a five. It's, it's garbage. It's garbage. Yeah. I mean, and actually, really... the the Milk Wars series series overall, I'm gonna give a ten. Because that's two FU fives. I would say no. I mean, really, if we weren't working with the FU five, I'd even put this at like a three in like real quality. You know what I mean? Sure. But the and the art is fantastic. It would be all I mean, in the art. You know what I mean? It yeah. Would be, it would be all in the art. The writing. Uh, but one thing I will say though, as as weird as it is, knowing Steve Orlando, this is some of his least cringy dialogue. The Rita Farr scenes, notwithstanding, because uh, that was really unbearable that's to read. Very, very precious. Yeah. But humans. People actually <laughs> speaking speak, like humans. Speaking somewhat humanly, not saying weird things like uh, I don't know. Like he always has these crazy phrases, that, exclamations. Yeah, yeah, come out of a weird action movie. You know what I mean? Like I'm gonna <laughs> zap you, but good or some weird fucking nonsense. But uh, this didn't have a lot of that. So that was nice to see. But that's only knowing Steve Orlando's other writing, and by itself, sure. it sucked. So. Uh, hope you avoided it, folks. Hope you didn't go out and spend all your money on it, or if you no, did. I, I feel bad for anybody because I I got this mail order, so right. I mean I got it uh, for fifty percent off. Yeah. I got it, you know, two fifty an issue, which is still yeah, which is okay, I guess. Yeah. But uh, I couldn't. I feel so bad for anybody who went out and spent twenty five dollars on this. You got yeah. Um, you really got it ripped off, folks. Uh, yeah, I mean you could you could have bought like one and a quarter uh, Gerard Way T-shirts at Hot Topic. Today, <laughs> so. I, <laughs> Yeah, right. You know, or you could have put a down payment on his Batman statue that he cares more about than his oh, comic Jesus. books. Jesus. Uh, yeah, you're right about that. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're right. Uh, if that's if that's what you enjoy, we were talking about that. Like, I think a lot of the people they're happier with the T-shirt than with the comic. And I gotta yeah. say, having read the comics, I don't know if I blame them. <laughs> Maybe I. I'd rather read the T-shirt. I think I'd rather read the T-shirt. <laughs> do I wash this on cold? What, what do I do with this? Fascinating. Where will this go next? <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't use bleach. Ooh. But anyway, uh, we will now put that behind us uh, and never speak huh. of Milk Wars again. Hopefully. Uh, okay. I don't know where that whole retcon nonsense will uh, ever rear its head again. I hope not. But Doom Patrol number thirteen in fifteen years. Yeah, exactly. So by then we will hopefully have forgotten about the uh, <laughs> embarrassment of this whole uh, this whole thing. But we do have a young animal book for next week, and that is season two. That's right, Shade the Changing Woman number one. I'm every woman in me. So uh, we will be dealing with that one next week here on the. Really? Weird Science Podcast. Neither of us have read it yet, but no, looking forward to it. It is uh, going to be optimistic about absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yes. Well, it is. It's the same team as before, and we liked the and comics. This before. was the strongest, yeah, the, or the most steady book. This was, it was. I, I, it came out to be our favorite of all because of the consistency. Yeah. Uh, although both of us were saying for this now, having finished Milk Wars. We, I think we both agree that that Mother Panic issue was the best singular issue. Absolutely. Uh, and that's the only one I think that you can read somewhat by itself, although 
it would why would you question why would you <laughs> yeah, exactly like why would you even bother but it was a sort of contained story it gave you enough backstory about mother panic it it flowed well it read well so we're constantly having to get our come up come up and for having uh uh you know been negative about mother mother panic early on if they're constantly yeah. showing us like hey we can make a decent comic so they can and uh they do make a decent comic but anyway I think that's all we got from this week, Chris. You got anything else for him? Uh, no. <laughs> He's going <laughs> to a warm cup of milk and uh, tuck in, I guess. Well, until next week, folks, I want you to keep it young and animalistic. Dollar bill, y'all. Dollar bill, y'all. Dollar, 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 dollar bill, y'all. Ask me how thick. I'm so fat. Uh. Ask me how thick. Check it. Ask me how thick. How thick milk? Like Christmas, I'm happy, I'm jolly.